Not that it's any of your business, but... Nay, it's showtime. And leave me to my lotions. Oh, the floor just cracked. I believe I might fall. Strawberry tart is the cockney rhyming slang for heart. That's so dumb. That's It is. It is really dumb. <sighs> what else is there? There's a cockney translator? La di da. I don't care for that. Give me the one I just saw before. Arthur Scargle? For drink. Arthur Scargle? What the fuck are they doing with language? Butchering it. Apples and pears. What is apples and pears? For stairs. Fuck off! What are you doing? Apples and pears is by far the best known and most widely understood, even outside the UK. But in fact, apples and pears is almost never used in real Cockney speech today. It is simply slang for most famous people. Example, perhaps because the archetype of the genre has become cliche and passed out of real usage. If it is used, it's usually shortened to apples. Oh yeah, it's just up the apples, love. That actually Don't worry, I'll get the fucking unfeasible. Ruby Murray out here. Let's go for a few pints and then a Ruby. Alright. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay you a question quickly. Mm-hmm. What do you think Ruby is is Cockney for? And oh, I'm gonna even narrow it down for you. I was, I was gonna is ask, a, is this multiple choice? It is well, it's not multiple choice. You know what? It is multiple choice. Alright, so what is a ruby? Is it A, curry, B, apple, or C, car tire? Uh, I'm going to go with apple. Um, I guess I'll, I'll guess curry because my first guess was cocaine, but that's not a logical choice. Alright, so a ruby is a curry. C, of course I'm right. Because it's based after Ruby Murray and Murray Rhymes with Curry. Done. Okay. Do you, do you know how fucking hard this it language would be to offends dice? me? What the fuck? Blimey, apples and pears. Would Adam and would you Adam and Eve it? I got some male racing geese for sale. If anyone fancies a quick gander. Geezer takes off his carlin and bowsers and gets into the... F- oh, my God. Some people just need to be shot. Like, if it, if it is, an, is a massive crime against law to murder someone, I think murdering a language should have some repercussions. Yeah, the repercussions is you get laughed at by everyone who doesn't speak the other slang. Yeah, but if everyone around them, if everyone around them is doing the same thing, then not, there's no one to really laugh at them because they all understand each other. They all use it. Yeah, but, but then you talk to anyone from out of that area, people are like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, what the fuck? It's the same as when people hear, like, bogan Aussie slang. 
And Dude. everyone turns around uh, and goes, so yeah, what Bogan the saying, fuck? I can understand that. But at least our alphabet is by the letter. The Cockney alphabet, however, is a little bit different. We were looking at A is for horses, B is for mutton, C is for miles, D is for dumb, however, uh, E is for brick, L F is for... Like, what the fuck is... I, I don't even understand. Like, yeah, I, I don't understand. Like, I genuinely don't understand. So, like... This 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 kind of problem. In fact, this the Cockney alphabet is exactly like the Albed language in Final Fantasy X. Whereas just the, the Albed, Albed, the the dirty the dirty heathen Albed, right? So they speak a separate language from the rest of Spira, which is the world they're in. But. Their language sounds completely different and nonsensical, but in text, their language is a cipher. So when you pick up, see how you how you figure out what the Albert is saying is as you play the game. Like there will be Albert language in the subtitles, but all it is is you go around finding these things called Albert primers, which goes oh. In the Albed language, C is actually F. And then it will, as you continuously play through the game, the subtitles will be slow. And the more Albed primers you get, the uh, subtitles will be more and more Real. ciphered. But it's only partially ciphered. So if I go Albed language and just pull up a screenshot... From the fucking dirty ass owl bed. Oh my god, can you not? I can't not actually. What's a better example? I wonder how that works with Japanese. I I think it might be like a unique translation sort of deal. So I'm gonna put this in a general chat. Okay. Um but you'll see like some subtitles and only some of the words will make sense because they're highlighted in a sort of pinkish hue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the others are like out of place. It's because like the more Albed primers you get, the more it deciphers the language. So like when you're reading the subtitles, the subtitles are deciphered, but the letters that you haven't picked up won't be changed over. So it says here, I am the guardian of Yuna UC. But C is like starts with the letter C, and then the rest of it is highlighted in the pink and is like double E. It's because they found the the primer for the letter E, but they haven't found the primer for the letter C. And that's how. And you can start a new game, and then load the Albed primer from a previous save file. That way, like if you collected all the Albed primers, you can instantly know oh, can what the Albed everything. is saying from the very start of the game. That's pretty cool. That, that's a neat that's a neat thing oh my god hold up hold up this this picture it's awesome <laughs> i just found this picture looking at the albert primer 
<laughs> it's just like Riku speaking in the Albert language and just fucking <laughs> Waka, why don't you speak a real language, you filthy Albert? <laughs> like, fucking Waka is. I'll, I'll talk more about my week because my week's probably going to be pretty much going to be Final Fantasy. But uh, how was your week, Alex? Uh, it's not week. How was your Christmas? My Christmas was uh, was pretty relaxing. It was it was a nice relaxing Christmas. Didn't have to go anywhere. Didn't have to do anything. Fucking everyone's busy social distancing. Fucking I had fun this Christmas. No one came to my house. I didn't have to go to anyone else's house. I just stayed home and played games with everyone. It was great. Yeah, but does that change at all? Has that ever changed at all? No, Christmas for me was just another day. And that's really what I wanted Christmas to be. It was just another day. That's usually, how I felt my Christmas. Because usually like, when it comes to- leading- yeah, because oh, usually no, when it comes to my time. Christmas, I'm forced to go around to family places and fucking, oh, go spend some time with your cousins. The worst <laughs> one of that is when my cousins come here and they touch all of my expensive electronic equipment. Y'all bitches can kill me now. Ain't that, ain't that funny. But, um, yeah, I was going to say, like, the, if anything's really changed, like, Nothing really changed with mine, but at the same time, everything felt, did not feel like Christmas. Like work was, you know, business as usual. Uh, even when I like went down to my parents' house, they live like two hours away from where I live. And I'd drive down to their house for Christmas. Um, like even when I was there, it didn't really feel like Christmas. It just felt like another day. Yeah, I get that. And that's, that's kind of like the weird part about it. It's like, am I getting old enough to the point where Christmas is just all about eating and getting drunk? Couldn't even do that this year because I'm a, I'm a social drinker. And so I, I would drink around friends and family and stuff like that when the occasion rises. But this year, everyone went to bed at like 7 or 8 p.m., and I was just like left awake because I'm a I'm a, I'm a filthy insomniac. Ah, so, it feels yeah. good. And I was just like, "What the fuck do I do?" Well, did you play anything new over the Christmas break? Um, I got a couple of games I wanted GSSB for the channel. So, oh yeah, we can do that after yeah. this if you want. And yeah, yeah. If Jaden wants in. If James and if this podcast is short and sweet, look, yes, yeah, hopefully this, it'll be this short time and sweet. Is recording at like quarter to eleven. I am not doing another fucking recording after this tonight. I'm up for doing some GSSBs, just not tonight. That's cool. That's cool. Well, we'll record some stuff as well. Yeah, because there's some stuff I want to show Alex as well. But um, mm. I'm going to be starting off with the Citadel. Yeah. The Citadel. Oh, yeah, that, that game. That, yeah. that Doom game. That Doom looking ass the game. Do- the Doom clone. Yeah. I find it weird how back in the 90s, Doom clone was what they were called. Yeah. Not first person shooters. They were called Doom clones. Yeah. And now this game has circled right back around to being a legitimate Doom clone. But the most impressive thing about it is it's actually ADS. Like you can actually ADS the fucking guns. Which is really oh, weird. What kind of Doom Being clone? Able- is this like OG Doom clone? Yeah, like OG, OG Doom 64 Doom clone. Doom clone. Not Doom 64. That was using like a sort of 3D clay modeling thing. This is more of like the original like 1990 whatever Doom there yeah. was. 
Uh, so you have your 2D sprites on a sort of 3D plane, yeah. 2.5D sort of yeah. thing. It exists in 2.5D with a lot of a lot of gore, a lot of Doom uh, body horror. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty fucking weird. Like it's really it's a really fucking weird game. Like, and I do I do want to highlight it because it it is like if you like Doom, and you like grotesque violence which I, I guess sort of goes hand in hand with doom uh then yeah this this game's definitely for you because i did see like i saw the like a review about this game a good like while ago and um like the main thing i saw was kind of like 2b style characters getting like fucking like blown in half and like the half the body of the gizzards and stuff is coming like out of them. I'm like, this is oddly like extremely violent for what seems to be trying to hit that waifu market. Yeah. It's like it's like an edgy waifu game. Yeah, well there is the only way I can really there put is it. definitely a market for people who like Doom and people who like animated is combined. Oh yeah, that's true. Like, there's definitely a market for it, but it's it's a weird combination that I haven't really seen before. Like, you see the waifus, and it's all about fantasy and that sort of stuff. Rarely have I ever seen like a waifu like rip and tear and just beauty brutally massacre people with. Like the first but, weapon you hey, get on the run is an axe, and uh, I mean, I can't you have say fun with that. Well, that's that's a lot of is just, that as fantasy as it gets. There's just a pretty lot much of as fantasy fucking... as it gets because the next gun you get is a uh, a breech loading magnum. Oh, that's that's disgusting. It's a, it's a pretty that nasty might... gun, and then and then you just get an AK forty seven after that. So okay, yeah. And like, it's not called an AK-47, but just, it's an AK-47 that has, like, that a laser as an alternate fire. That really so. surprise me that it exists. Yeah, well, right? I said, like... Because, like, you've got a bunch of shows and whatever that are that kind of... They're exactly that, they're edgy anime gore. Like, that's those, those kind of shows have existed for ages, so it's not like... I'm trying You're to right in that a game like that hasn't really come out before, but I it's not a new like concept by any means. No, I mean like wasn't oh, it like an anime new... girl mod for Doom? Probably. Yeah, and that's where you fuck like well they fuck you sort of thing. Well no, that's that's but, the um, hentai mod. I mean there was just like a straight up anime girl mod where they transformed all the demons in Doom into anime girls. They didn't they didn't fuck them necessarily, but it was just it was just a mod that transformed him into that. Yeah, but that's just, it's just a mod. Like, I'm trying to remember, like, an anime which was, like, pre-2010. There's a name There's a name of an anime that I watched when I was, like, f- not fairly young, but a lot younger than I am now. Mm-hmm. And it's got something to do with a witch. And the witch is a mother. And she wears the most skimpiest, like barely covering anything sort of outfit and oh it's it's a witch something but like that was my exposure to anime edginess was um i'm I gotta find the name because as soon as i mention it people will be like okay people people want to know what it is for other reasons oh there's definitely hentai of it 
Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure what you watched was hentai. No, no, it wasn't. It certainly uh, was not hentai, but it was close to it. It's it's in the category uh, of I can't believe it's not hentai. It's like something witch, and it's about like a mother, and there was like a like an earthquake or something that happened in Japan, and the mother was at the epicenter of it, and it gave her special powers, which let her transform between regular ass mother to. Um, Oh wait, no! I hang like on. I think I think I know what you're talking about. Mother, I think I know what you're talking about. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Holy shit! Um, fuck, I forgot the name of it. Uh, it's oh god, it's there. I I can I can see it in my mind. <laughs> uh, I know exactly right. what you're talking about. I'm just, it's it's kind of hard, but like we'll figure we'll figure it out. But yeah, that was my exposure to anime edginess i'm like this is super fucking cool and you know all this sort of stuff and yada 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 but now when i google which anime mother all i get is what seems to be like oh what's that anime with the little witch academia ah uh, yes that's the, all i'm the studio seeing. trigger one will uh will take over from that which is a hundred percent not one not <laughs> Not what I'm thinking of. Like, literally, there was, like, hopes and dreams that was covering her private parts. And I was like, wow. God beams like, doing, doing the that's Lord's hot. work. But it wasn't even God beams. It was a part of the outfit. And, oh, hey, now it's going to really Fuck, I don't me, remember yet. the name of it, but I, I know what you're talking about. And that, that actually hurts now. Well, I and don't, no matter what I, I can't what I say I'm upset that I don't... I'm, I'm fully okay uh, with having no idea. Am I with the mother is a witch? I just want to see it. I, as soon as I see like an image in the Google image search, it'll be like, that's the one. But all I'm getting is what happens to be... Oh, it's just annoying. So yeah, um, Citadel definitely looks weird. I'm going to be doing a GSSB of that one. Uh, you play anything else? Um, I started a playthrough of um, Disgaea PC. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing that on the Switch as well. I am. Uh, I'm enjoying it. It's weird. Like, Yeah, it's, it's a weird game. <laughs> it's... Like, when I'm playing through it, it is obviously, like, meant to be some form of, uh, what's the term? Uh, parody of these games. But there's so much to this, like, game. Like, the game boasts of, like, 500 different, like, spells and, you know, 150 different characters you can use and shit like that. I'm just like what and i'm just playing through the first part and just like messing around with that and so i made a character for Jaden. i made a character for you um 
you guys are fucking piss weak and I'm not too sure how to strengthen you guys because you guys hit like a wet paper bag for some reason. I have not I can't do anything about that. I've heard of Disgaea, but I know like literally fuck all about from, it. From what I've gathered from my playthrough of Disgaea PC is you need, in order to make better characters, you need to like kill more enemies. So like later yeah, on, it, you'll be like able to- it's a grinding sort of game. Yeah. Like later on, you'll be able to reforge new characters and make them make them bigger and better, instead of just suffering mm-hmm. through the shit you start off with. But yeah, like I was playing around, it's like yeah, it, they fuck. Like I like one of them was a brawler, and I used his ability, and he did like two HP damage out of like a thirty HP pull. I went, oh, okay, it's gonna be one of this, is it? Oh no. But yeah, this guy. Like. It's interesting enough. Oh. Sorry. It's interesting enough for me to follow. It's interesting and see where enough the rabbit to hold hole goes. Attention. Yeah. So we're playing it's that for a bit. But like. Hole. But like. Oh man. I'm just trying to get, get back on my feet after putting countless hours into another game, which I'll talk about later. So that's that's been your Christmas. Yeah, that's pretty much been my Christmas. Citadel. I bought Haven. Uh, bought the entire Disgaea franchise one to five on Steam. You mean uh, you bought one, four, and five? One, two, four, and five because Disgaea three is a PlayStation three exclusive. Um, and Vita. I saw. I saw. Uh, Disgaea six was announced because. Um, Kenny just trying to convince us that the. Uh- PlayStation Vita ever existed. Like, yeah, fucking, I, I will die in that hill. Like, ever since Persona 4 Royale left the system, I'm still like, nah, nah, PlayStation Vita is still great. But it's only because, like, some Vita games are great on the portable and I can play on my PlayStation 1 games. But unfortunately, or not unfortunately, because the Switch still can't play PSP games properly. You can play PlayStation 1 games pretty well, but I can't play PS Vita or PSP games. So the PS Vita I hasn't been turned on in a while because I've been, you know, neck deep in Switch games, but it, it, it still has use. It definitely still has use. So yeah, go on. Uh, what? I'm, I'm still looking because I found... I saw the announcement for Disgaea 6. Not like I was looking for it, but I was browsing our Twitter and uh, I saw one of the voice actresses that we follow uh, announced that she actually had a just got the speaking role uh, for one of the dubs for the mm-hmm. one of the English dubbed characters. And I'm like, oh, sweet. Disgaea 6 has been announced. OK, it's good to see that series is still going. So if I really get into it then I can throw more money at it. And I, I am, I am sort of getting into it. Like it's, it's going to take me a bit because I am tentatively uh, moving through it because I was uh, pulled down another rabbit hole recently, and I am, uh, I'm trying to claw my way out of it. And it's, uh, and that is the VTuber rabbit hole. Oh, you've been in that 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 pit for a while now. You and a few people from my Discord. Yeah, yeah that's that's not fucking. That's not. Yeah, so a the, the thing. best the best way to describe what happened was I saw Jordan fall head head first into that fucking hole, 
And when I walked over to see if he was all right, uh, he just fucking reached up and dragged me down with him. Because he just bombards yeah, our I'm fucking sure, private chat. I'm sure that's how that went. I am 100%. No, 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 I believe you. Look, you don't have I, to defend I kind yourself. of I think believe he- there was a dr- uh, that your reason wasn't down there. It's got nothing to do with these are anime characters. Yeah, look, Ale- it Alex was surely no, dragged see, down. It's, it's from a hell. yes and no. Alex was dragged down there. That said, he would have absolutely found his own way down if Jordan hadn't pulled him there. Yeah, yeah. It I, would only I, be a matter of time. I would have stumbled down there. Like, I don't know. Like, Jordan's big into it. Like, he's massively into it. Like, he watches all the JP shit as well. And I, I, re- like, I don't even watch the streams. I just watch the highlights and the fucking animated memes people make of them. And it's just fucking the majority of it. It's just Gura. It's just Gal. Be honest, Alex. It sounds like a low denial. It's not denial. I'm straight up admitting that fucking I, I actively seek out and watch animated parody no, no, funny it sounds stuff. Like of a Gura. lot of denial in the no. See, I don't, I don't watch all of them. I only watch these bits. And then in the next sentence, you go, yeah, but I specifically- Five stages of denial. Five stages of grief. You just what, choose I mean, to like, watch different I, things. I do You're have to admit, they, they are pretty like, oh, that's adorable. But that's where it ends for me. Like, I don't know. There's not enough personality there other than the cutesiness of it for me to stay around. So I'm like, oh, I'd see it and it'd be like, it's just a game. Oh, okay, no, that's cool. That's cool. And then that's the end of it. That's that's fair, right? That's what you that's what you're saying. It's just kind of a gimmick for you, Kenny. Yeah, it's kind of uh, how do I put it? Like I see it. It is kind of a thing where, hey, if you show me like a 20 second clip of this character being really adorable, I'm gonna watch it. But I'm not gonna sit there and watch like the whole stream or stuff like that. Yeah, I can't watch an entire stream. I just, I get bored very quickly. Because we have Jordan in that chat and he's all like, I remember multiple times, he's like, oh my God, this this VTuber is streaming right now. Got to watch it. And then this is like, okay. And then the here, oh my God, she did a cute thing. And I'm, and, I'm just sitting there like, like cool. laughing my ass I'm, off. I'm, I'm like, oh, that's like that. That's just that how it's going to be. Well, I think that, it's that's, the other way around. Is like, he's like, oh, they did a cute thing. And then you're like, cool. Well, maybe you'll see that cute thing in one of the uh, one time that people just take that cute thing out of context. So I don't need to see clip it. Stream. Yeah, it, it depends on the VTuber as well. Oh, and like, my leg has pins and needles because I've been sitting on it fucking. Oh, awesome. maybe you fucking shouldn't sit on it then. Suck yeah, it also depends dick. on the VTuber as well because, like, Gura does cute shit. But then mm. you have VTubers who get incredibly toxic, like Ame. Um, I'm watching Ame play Valorant, like not watching okay. her play, but watching her toxic highlight reel. It's like, yeah, we've, from, from we've all I've been there. What I've seen of her is she she has the effectively you combine cute anime dog girl with the chaotic energy of Tyler One. Yeah, uh, that's that's kind of Ame whenever she plays Valorant. I mean, fucking Mick Gordon watches Hollow Live, which is kind of weird. Yeah, I remember seeing the comment he made on um, someone doing that was, was, that was, uh, was an anime Kane. avatar doing the beat site beat saber. Oh, that, that one there. Uh, there was one. The one that fused you, where he, yeah, 
Where he just hopped in chat. He's like, what, what the, the fuck, fuck am I watching? watching? No, no, that, that was that was when he was watching Coronet do her playthrough of uh, Doom Eternal. And he just pops no. up in stream and goes, what the fuck am I watching? No, that is no, also no. on does that he jump, Does one. he just jump into VTuber's streams and go, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, well, it was a video because obviously, yeah, like she wasn't streaming this. But yeah, I saw yeah. the thing. I like, this looks pretty cool. And then the top comment was Mick Gorn going, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> yeah. So I'm guessing he just drops by whatever thing he's that's associated with his music. It's like, yeah, he- I'm going to just leave this comment here and then call it a day. Because I don't think he ever responded after that. Yeah. Yeah. He, 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 he just dropped in to, yeah. to make a comment. I reckon he just he just drops in, puts down a comment, and the YouTube algorithm's like, "Oh, you're following Mick Gordon. Mick Gordon commented on this," and just it spreads all of the fucking all of all of his music shit everywhere. Hmm. I guess that's the good man. It's just good man. Self promoting. Yeah, and I I did. I did. I actually found out who it was. It was Christina V, who is the voice of Marjolene in Disgaea Six. So yeah, I saw that announcement. I'm like, oh yeah, Disgaea Six. Yeah, like as like I hear a lot of positives and negatives of that series. It's like if you don't like grinding, don't go into this game. It's like I like grinding sometimes, so I'm willing to test it out. Like. <laughs> like my my Final Fantasy ten, but I'll I, I play like that later. I like grinding, but come on, I'm, listening to you play Final Fantasy ten kind of just gives me energy. Because like the uh, Final Fantasy ten, and fuck it, we'll just go straight to my week. Final Fantasy ten is one of those games where there's so much stupid shit, and there's so much cool shit that I like. To which the points is like cool shit where it's like oh man like this is like a really nice design and like it final fantasy 10 is really dark for a game that looks fairly fantasy and a game that looks kind of light-hearted with uh blitz ball and all that sort of stuff it's really dark it's really one, one of those games where it's it's nice and then oh no if you read into the lore it's really fucked up Oh no, it's not it's not even so much to the law. Like there's there's a few realizations halfway into the game where in Final Fantasy X, it's just like, oh wait, no, this is this is really fucked up. Like this is how this world works. And it's 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 messed up to its degree. Um but like the game starts off like super lighthearted. Um well, super lighthearted in the sense of like everything looks fine. Like the first, I'd say, out of the game, there is an event which is like, oh shit! Like this is, this isn't looking good for the main character, and it sort of leads to what I could think is like, it it has its moments of seriousness, and then you like end up on a beach, and everyone's like, hey, how's it going? And you're like, oh, I, I played this sport, buddy. and everyone's like, I love this sport too, sort of thing. And, like, the main character is a dumbass, but he's one of those lovable dumbasses where it's like, Like oh, yeah. Like, anime protagonist dumbass? No, it's more of like, like, when the serious stuff gets dropped on him, he's like, oh, okay. But for him to pick up what people are putting down, like, people are just dropping hints. Yeah, people are just dropping hints. Left, and I don't want to spoil anything because I want to do a playthrough for the uh, channel. It's 
It's so harem protagonist. It's not dumbass. It's it's like people are dropping hints of like what's what's going to happen, what the future holds, and he's just like, Dialogue oh no, that sounds. can't be it. No, nah, that's I, I'm not gonna. I don't believe that, so it's not gonna happen. And it even gets to a point where he realizes like something serious is going to happen. He knows something serious is going to happen and he's just not accepting it. So it's like, no, 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 we'll find a way. We can find a way to defeat this. We'll we make, can find we'll a way to, Don't to, worry. to circumvent this entire system. And it gets to like literally like nine times of the way through the gang. And he's sitting there going, I don't know what, I don't know what the fuck to do. Well, we got what well, we got to think of a way, but I have no idea. And then it kind of falls on them by happenstance of like him just going, "Nah, screw this," and everyone's gone. You know what? Yes, screw this. And then that that sets off a chain of events. But it's it's in this scenario of where like the game is on the surface, like a Final Fantasy like fantasy style game but deep down it's just very dark and when you think fantasy. about it yeah and you get those characters which also um like support the lightheartedness of the of the game like waka waka is the fucking the the blitzball jock who's incredibly late racist towards the owl bed because he's like a super hard yevon uh, Yevonite, I think they're called, where he's like really deep into the religion, and even when like like higher ups in the religion go like do stuff that's against the teachings of Yevon, he's all like, "But why are you doing this though?" And they're just like, "But shut up!" And he's like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> but 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 what about this though?" And he's like, "Shut up, Walker!" And I'm like, "Okay," <laughs> but yes, yeah, like. Uh, Final Fantasy X, like, I'm going through the game again, but I'm doing, like, everything, like, the the Dark Aeons, which are pretty much endgame bosses, like, they're post-endgame bosses, but unfortunately for the Final Fantasy X remake, there is no post-game. Like, once you beat the final boss, that's it. Like, once you beat the main story final boss, that's it. Like, you have to start the game again. There is no, okay, now go do this. Oh, you see, you can't actually access post-game stuff. The quote-unquote post-game stuff you still need to do before you beat the game. Correct. So, and this this sets up a problem for the game, which I think results in, like, a funny situation rather than, like, a difficult situation because... My characters are like, like super max stat. Well, not max stats, but close to max stats. And I'm beating bosses that have three, four, five times more health than the story final boss. Oh, so when you and go and, like when you go and actually fight the final boss, you'll just be able to walk all over it. You walk all over it. It's and it and it significantly like changes the dynamic. Where it's just like, if you think about these bosses in a canonical sense, because, like, I, I'll dance around the subject, but in the game, there's a big baddie which basically ends the world 
or who could end the world every 10 years. So there's a system in place to stop him. And then they have like a period of no baddie for 10 years. And then it starts over again, starts over again. And then they have to do the process again and again. And this is an infinite process until the big baddie no longer comes back. And it's like, okay, so we need to deal with the big baddie. But these endgame bosses are like extremely more difficult than the story final game boss in which you go if this is more difficult than the story main boss then why don't we just use this boss to kill this boss and it doesn't even get that like significant because there is a character that you get like halfway through the game that can literally kill any enemy Given the right amount of money. Oh, okay. It's got if you give him cash, scale and commodity, does he? He is the he is Final Fantasy X's pay to win mechanic, and his name is Yojimbo. You probably heard me fucking psych high about Yojimbo fucking being Yojimbo, being like the second coolest character in the game, but like there's this whole intricate system about how to defeat this big bad guy. And this is like, why don't we just give all the money to Yojimbo and then he can just kill the bad guy instead of doing this intricate system which requires, you know, the lives of lots of people, which requires multiple steps and a lot of traveling. We can just get everyone to pull some cash together to pay Yojimbo to make the problem go away <laughs> okay <laughs> and it's like one of those situations where it's like i understand but if you think about it in a canonical sense and you can even get yojimbo to and pay yojimbo lots of money to just one hit the final boss the issue with yojimbo's system is it's not guaranteed you could pay him millions of gil and he can just give you the most downright fucking weak ass attack if he wanted to. <laughs> so you're not paying you're not paying a threshold for him to do attack. You're paying a large sum of money for the potential for him to do the attack. And that's the one thing I kind of like about Yojimbo, which is also uh, available in another summon called the Magus Sisters. The Magus Sisters is free. Uh, sisters dressed up in bug outfits or I think they are bugs I'm not too sure but um, you don't tell them what to do when you summon them you just suggest things for them to do Hmm. so you could be like all right I need you to be go out on the offensive and then so you tell one of the magasists to go on the offensive and it comes up I'm taking a break Uh, oh Uh, okay um, we're about to fucking die here and you want to take a break. Yep. Fine. All right. Can you do this offensive a- attack? Yeah, sure. I can cast reflect. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> can, can you attack? Yeah, reflect. Yeah, I can do that. I'm like, fuck. All right. And then the enemy doesn't attack, which is like not affected by reflect or anything like that. It's just like a physical attack. And it's like, oh, wow. 
okay, you fucked me over hard. But at the same time, like, you'd be like, oh, just do what you want. And they and they basically have, like, a skill list that they have. And if you tell them to do what they want, they can do anything from this list. Or they can just not do anything. And I, I, I really like that system in which, like, these are – this is, like, a really strong-ass summon if they do something. And it's like with Gojimbo, it's like, all right, like – some people have quote unquote found a way to get Zamato every time. Is that his and super attack? So Zan Zanmato, I think it's Zanmato. I'll look it up. Zanmato Yojimbo. It's the big yeah, beefy Zanmato. Yeah. It will instantly KO any enemy or boss. Um you can also like and this is any enemy or boss. Um, but fighting against certain bosses has like a lower chance of oh, Zanmato. Okay. So like the Dark Aeons, I think it's uh, reduced by seventy five percent. On top of so if it's like seventy five percent, or if it's like if it's like five percent of the of a chance at a certain gill. Wait, what's this? Oh, yeah, so um, Yojimbo has a mechanic in which um, so you have to hire Yojimbo first. So you have to pay like a fuck ton of gil to hire Yojimbo just to be on your team. And then what options you choose from there. So it's like, hey, why do you want my power? And it's like, I want to protect my friends. I want to save Spirit or... I just want to kill strong enemies. And so whatever one of those you pick will also dictate, you know, how much he likes you, uh, how many times you bring him out and how many enemies he kills uh, also dictates how much he likes you, how much money you throw at him dictates how much he likes you. Um, You can't let him die or you can't dismiss him early. Otherwise that, that like meter will start going down. Uh, but if you get him to really like you, sometimes he will just open with Zanmato for free. Huh. Some okay. and it's not just Zanmato; he has other abilities as well. But he can just, it's if he good. likes you, he can start like as soon as you summon him. You don't have to pay a cent, and he'll do a free move. And I'm like, that's pretty fucking cool. And I'm just looking at like the random. Uh, effect counter on his chances of Mato. I'm going to put this in uh, general chat because it looks like some fucking Pokemon level shit. Okay. But it's like Jesus. motivation equals... Yeah, that's it. <laughs> motivation equals BM plus CP times ZF times CF plus OF plus random 0 to 60. Like, it's fucking... It's all over the place. It, it does an equation within an equation to work out an equation. Holy yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. It's, and that's just for the ability of Zanmato. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's always fun. And yeah, so Yojimbo is fucking great. But it leaves the question of like, oh, wow. Like, why don't we just get Yojimbo to deal with the bad guy? Like, we don't need to do this method 
at all or any other shit. Just give him money. Give him money with a summoner he likes, and he will just he will just cut a bitch down. But no one ever thought of that. Everyone, like even with Titus, Titus, T- I ke- ever since I mispronounced it, I keep calling him Titus, but it's Titus. T E. Uh, so it's spelled T I T U S. Now, Titties. people even call him Titus or Titus. Apparently, Titus is the correct correct pronunciation the issue of this is because you get to name the main character no one ever says the main character's name Mm -hmm. no one ever says titus's name out loud so um they get around it by calling him um the newest guardian and that's that's about it so uh, the what you can't name any other party member you can only name titus which gets like I'm sitting here going like why would you bother na- naming like, him anything him- but yeah um, but this was the game they first did voice acting God. in so um, there would be some some bumps along the way but at the same time like it just leads to mass confusion I think uh, there was in a spinoff game Yuna uh, Titus's main love interest which is weird um. But we're getting that in a second. She calls him Titus uh, in a spoken dialogue line. So I think that's why a majority of people went to. But the relationship between the main character, Titus, and Yuna is weird because literally they just look at each other and it's like, I like you. And that's it. There is, there is like, but it starts off as like Titus sees Yuna and it's like, man, that's a, that's a, that's a hot piece of ass. And Yuna's just like, you're interesting. <laughs> and that's it. And then, like, there's more happenstance where it's just like, oh, this person that I'm really fond of, he was related to you in some way, shape, or form. I want to know more about you, Titus. And it's, like, weird. But it, it do, they do have, like, a really cute and nice relationship throughout the game. Um, but, yeah, I've been... So... I've been grinding a lot in Final Fantasy X, uh, spending 90% of my gaming time over Christmas playing Final Fantasy X, just grinding. Like, once you get the right equipment, then the rest is easy. It's just time-consuming. So I've been going through fighting all the Dark Aeons, which is all the endgame bosses and then the weird thing is like the dark aeons are basically um dark versions of the main characters summons but they have like millions of health uh their abilities just fucking kill you outright so it requires a lot more skill and a lot more planning to defeat them and i defeated pretty much all of them but free. And I've hit a fucking brick wall with where my character is at currently. So I had to grind more just to get the character because one of the Dark Aeons has an ability which just petrifies you. And if all the party members get petrified, that's it. Game's over. That's so and right. like, fuck. Yeah. So uh, I need to get a piece of equipment 
which is called Ribbon. So in the game, you can customize your armor with abilities. And there's an ability called Ribbon, which it says it's like, oh, it practically makes you invulnerable to every status ailment. It's not 100%, but it might as well be. And then and, you didn't got petrified anyway. Well, no, no, no. Um, I haven't got Ribbon because it requires one of the hardest materials to get in the game, which is Dark Matter. So I think you need about 30 Ribbon, like 30 Dark Matter to make Ribbon for one piece of armor. And, and you need a piece of armor for every character to get it on everyone? You need, like, one piece of armor for every character. But, like, I've gotten... I picked up one bit of ribbon armor in which powerful enemies can drop, but these powerful enemies are like endgame bosses, like the Dark Aeons. They have a chance to drop dark matter and armor with ribbon on it. But I've beaten all the Dark Aeons that I can possibly at the moment, but I need to beat the next Dark Aeons are going to require ribbon armor. And they're going to require like a lot more health and a lot more like... Right now, all my characters are at a damage cap. So Final Fantasy X has two damage caps. It has 9,999. And then you get an ability on a celestial weapon, which is like an end game weapon uh, that lets you break the damage cap. So that takes you to 99,999. Just literally one point shy of 100,000. And just getting these weapons are the most hair-pulling experiences ever. Like, Alex was in chat when I was doing Chocobo Racing to get one of the characters' celestial weapon. It is infuriating how how annoying these minigames are. So, just to give you an idea of how annoying it is to get just one of these celestial weapons, like, none of these minigames are fun. I did not enjoy at any point any of these mini games whatsoever. So I was enjoying you play cool. the mini games. Of course you would be. <laughs> but um to get uh so when you get the celestial weapon, it only comes with one ability on it, and that's no experience. Meaning if you use this weapon, you get no experience. And you don't want that. So you need to get a sigil and a crest for this weapon. A sigil will buff it up a little more, give it some better abilities, but it'll still have no XP. And then the the final ability will upgrade it so you can get XP. Um, I think you even get, like, triple XP, and it gives you, like, a really strong ability on top of that, Uh, something that's made for that character. So all I needed to do was to beat Dudas Chocobo Race to complete the main character's celestial weapon. And the rules of the race is you need to beat the race with 0.00 seconds. And how this works is you have to ride a chocobo and there are red balloons all over the racetrack. Each red balloon gives you three seconds off your time. But at the same time, your chocobo handles like fucking garbage. Like the chocobo just sometimes does whatever the god he goddamn pleases. As my well my as favorite have part to- of watching you play the chocobo race was you walking into literally nothing and then making a ninety degree turn into a wall. Yeah, 
So sometimes the chocobo would just be like heading straight and then take a 90-degree turn, and there's nothing I can do about that except try to counter that. But if you counter it too hard, he'll turn 90 degrees the other way, that sort of shit, as well as you have to dodge birds that are coming at you. And depending on where you are, you could literally be at a point where the bo- where the bird spawns and that counts as a hit. So you get hit, your character stops for about two to three seconds, so that's time you can't get back, as well as it adds another three seconds for every bird you get hit. So you have to collect enough balloons to get zero seconds on the clock. You also have to avoid birds because they essentially add five to six seconds on the clock for you as well as you have to beat the race, the person you're racing in it as well. And it is it is the most infuriating experience. Like, I had a better time dodging 200 bolts of lightning, which is something you have to do for Lulu's celestial weapon, is in the Thunder Plains, like, you will see a flash on the screen. You have, like, 0.1 of a second to press the A button to dodge it, otherwise you get hit. You have to do that 200 times in a row. If you get hit, start back at zero. And the worst part about the game, that part is, it doesn't, there is no visible counter on keeping track of how many bolts you've dodged. That sounds like complete ass, all of it. Yes, it, it is. So you have to keep like a mental note or even just like write down how many bolts of lightning you've dodged. That's why I did 230 just in case. And I'm glad I did because I thought I did 230 when actually I did 213. So like, oh boy, that could have been very awkward. As soon as you leave the area, it restarts back to zero. As soon as you save, it starts back to zero. (laughs) Like, and you have to leave the area to to check up and see if you got it or not. So yeah, it's that rough. And I think- uh, You You can't pay your Jimbo to make it go away. You can't. You can't. You can't slip him eight gil. Fucking Zanmato, please. Yeah, just drop eight gills. Like I would like an instant win move, please. You just look at me with his dog and be like, "What the fuck? No, dog, you do something. I don't want to do shit for eight gil." And it gets it gets rough though, because I'm like, "Oh boy, I really need this enemy dead." So I'ma pay fifty thousand gil. I usually pay him about five to ten k to do his uh, strong ability, which is like, it's a strong ability and it damages every enemy on the enemy side for like, at my current strength, like almost 100k per hit. But I'll be like, all right, I need this enemy dead. I'm going to give him 50k. Fuck, I'll make it 100k. And then he just does the same ability and not Zanmato. And I'm sitting there going like, fuck, why do I even bother? (laughs) I'm sitting here like I needed this. I I banked too hard, both my money and my trust <laughs> into into your Jimbo doing his one hit move. But uh, it's just it sounds like you just rolled the gotcha. Just it is, save, it is your Jimbo is, you is you save scum to gamble and attack. No, no, it didn't save scum. No, that that takes way too long. That's not even worth it. Like, 
Because when you save, you have to then close the game and then you have to go back into the game in which you need to go through this game selection menu oh. because this is the Final Fantasy X and X-2 remaster. So you have to go back into the game menu of which game you want to go into and then you have to select that, select Final Fantasy X, to which then you have to go through some pre-game credits and then once you can skip that, you have to go back into the load game and once you then have to load your game. And it's been about two minutes. So save scumming is not an option. I'm will I'm willing to pay the 50k and not waste two minutes of my life. Uh. And it just gets it just gets down to that. It's like, man, I could just reload the save right here, right now. But do I want to waste two minutes of my life looking at these intro screens again? I don't know. In fact, I've made up my mind. Fuck it. I've made my bed. I will sleep in it. Oh, boy. And I'm I'm going to sleep in the 50K debt I put myself in. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, late game, there are some enemies that you can really farm money for. I think the most I've ever gotten from enemies is there's a mimic. There is a legit Dark Souls-like style reference in this game. That came out before Dark Souls. Yeah, well, that's um, that's because the mimic was originally a D and D monster from like the nineteen seventies or some shit. Well, that makes sense yeah. because it's literally a treasure chest that explodes into like a bird monster. But you have to attempt to steal the loot from the chest in order to awaken the mimic. Otherwise, you don't get the bonus money. So what you need is you need a character with the gillionaire uh, buff, which increases uh, income from battles. You also need to steal, try and steal the loot from the chest and hopefully uh, the mimic is revealed because sometimes they are real chests and all you get is like a mega potion, which I could not care fucking less about. And then you have to fight the battle. And that takes... It takes some time because first you need to find that enemy first. And in a game where it's set around like random encounters that you can't dictate. You finding that um, enemy can be a bit of a chore. It, it takes a while to get some kill. And the most it gives you is a hundred thousand. Huh. And I so did it's like, okay. I actually did get so that two right. Yojimbos the at that first point. appearance was in the original A D and D manual in nineteen seventy seven. Well there we there go. Because that's what it's that's essentially what it's based off of. Is um, that mimic. And, and I believe I'm trying to remember which one it was. I believe it might have been um, one of the early Boulder's Gates, which had the first video game, which also makes sense because that was based off D and D. Yeah, because that's based around yeah, it's obviously based around D and D. But yeah, like, but that also comes down to the game's super boss. Now, in the series. Um, I can't remember which Final Fantasy it started with, but they had like the ultimate weapon or the Omega weapon. Mm-hmm. And these are meant to be like creme of the creme bosses. These are meant to be like super challenging bosses. And the Omega, I think it's called the, I think it's Omega weapon. Uh, I think they called it Nemesis. Yeah, the Omega weapon. Uh, it's a fearsome fiend transformed through the anger of Spira. Uh, it was so powerful it spawned a lesser enemy called the Ultima, Ultima Weapon, 
but literally, yeah, I, I, I fought it thinking I was going to get a challenge. I too hit it. <clears throat> I too hit the, the Omega weapon. And he just had this, like, massive introduction, massive build-up, like a whole arena dedicated to it. And I too hit it. And I just started pissing myself laughing. Like, what? what? Like, what? this is it? And that was it. Like, I, I couldn't even two hit the the weakest of the Dark Aeons. And the Omega Weapon just gets two hit. And I'm just like, fucking what? It didn't even drop that good a shit. And I was like, oh, the thing looks fucking beastly as. Like, mind you, it's like a pretty fucking cool design but oh man that's you're trying to sell me on this boss and i can just breathe on it a little bit too harshly and kill it okay but now i fucking hit a wall of the dark aeons oh but yeah i've almost beaten the entirety of so far fantasy enjoying the game <laughs> yes because um because it's not the impression you were giving <laughs> Oh, it's just as I like the game is a mixture of highs and lows, but at least the lows are funny. Right, so you're having fun with it, but it's a mixed bag. Yeah, but it's still like my favorite Final Fantasy. Fair enough. Just because like the serious parts of the games hit really well with me, and the the bad parts of the games I can laugh at and fondly look on, except for the Chocobo racing that can go fuck itself. Like, that is an experience I don't wish on anyone. Like, if you really want people to reform when they come out of prison, put them in prison with the Chocobo Racing Challenge. You get out when you do the challenge. You, no, you get out when the challenge is done. That's what I said. You get out when you do the challenge. And if you break your console, <laughs> then you're not getting out. <laughs> because I guarantee you shit's going to get thrown at the wall because I, for the longest time, I literally almost beat the challenge. I had like 0.09 seconds. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you like... That is less than a frame. That is less than a frame. I I was ready to put the game down for almost good. And come back when I was a stronger person. <laughs> when I when I've grown up, taken responsibilities, I was ready to come back and give Chocobo Racing. But at the same time, it's like I can't not give the main character celestial weapon because he is a a really good part of my kit. But oh man, that Chocobo Racing can just go blow itself. Really, it's you. But yeah, other- <laughs> you were not having fun with it. Yeah, yeah Alex and. I think Josh was hearing me just literally. I think Tom like, was there as well, which was. I, it was just, <laughs> oh man. Like when I finally got it, like my heart started racing. Like it was physically beating a lot faster when I fought. Like when I'm sitting there going, like, is this it? Have I won? And then when it came up, said, oh my God, you got a perfect time. It was just like all the hatred in the world has in, that was built up inside me just been released and I was one with nature and 
like the ultimate Buddha. What is the Buddha thing where they become Zen or whatever it is? It was like that. You have it's achieved like inner peace. Channeling like the inner peace had just been achieved and my body just relaxed. Even though like five seconds later, I was ready to put my switch through a wall <laughs> because I missed a balloon. And I'm like, oh my God, is this? But I didn't get hit by a bird. So that's like time saved. And I think I had enough balloons, but I wasn't too sure. And I'm sitting here going like, is this hit? This, this better be it. <laughs> Essentially at that point, it's like, this better be it or I'm fucking done. I just want to, I just want this shit ass challenge to be done with. And it was, so I was happy about that. But now I have more grinding to do just to get through the last three Aeons that I need to fight. And then I've done everything in the game. And then I can go beat the big baddie of the game and then just be like, yeah, okay, I'm done. Like, literally walk in and one to two hit this bitch. Just walk in, punch you in the head and go, all right, we're done here. Bye. It's essentially got to be that. It's like, and we're done here. Like, you got, like, you, big baddie, that's it. You're like, you're nothing. I think that, that feels my like car- the funny like- thing with a lot of games that have optional bosses is that mm. the optional, the secret bosses are generally, like, the really hard, hidden, challenge bosses. But what that means is you go around, you do the optional bosses, and then you do the final boss, and you're sitting there like, what? <laughs> this is it? Yeah. It's like, this is all you got? Yeah, day from like- down the road doing... My favourite example of that is in Darksiders 2. Because, um, you know, there, there's some pretty cool bosses in Darksiders. Yeah, there is. Right. There's, there's some, some pretty... If you can oh, make okay. it through the grotesque amounts of edge. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of edge, but... Again, it's it's one of those things that's obviously done campy enough that that see okay the thing is edge I feel like can be used really effectively in things like Code Vein where it doesn't take itself too seriously. If you're trying to use edge, is and this is in my opinion, of course, but if you're trying to be edgy and serious about it, then it just comes off as you know kind of schlock. But if you yeah. if you if it's edgy in kind of a bit of a campy way or a bit of a less serious or the fact or like you know you're going over the top with it, then it's just kind of fun. Like yeah, Code Vein and Darksiders, I think, or both fit in it. And you know, also like Devil May Cry, because Devil May Cry could have easily been just like a shitty edgy mess, but because they knew it was going to be and they made it kind of over the top, it became fun. <laughs> Like you take Dante out of Devil May Cry and it becomes DMC Devil May Cry. Like we we What's have the that example. Like, the thing about Devil May Cry is like Dante thinks he's super cool, and everyone's just like, no, see, no. See, that's the thing. That's what makes it good. If everyone else all acted like Dante was was super cool, you'd just sit there going, what? You sit there like, wow, this is just another episode of Sonic the Hedgehog, except Sonic the Hedgehog has been impaled. Unironically, I think that's that's the answer. Ba- good edge is when, you know, 
it's edgy, but it's not too serious, but it still plays into it, stuff like Devil May Cry. Bad edge is Sonic, is Shadow the Hedgehog. Oh, that is oh, terrible, man. Yeah. Right? Because Fuck, that's a playthrough I want to do. Seriously. And that doesn't work. <laughs> that's a playthrough I want to do. I want to do I want to play through the Shadow the Hedgehog game for the channel. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. Don't say that. You don't. No, I want to, I want to, you'll get you'll get a level in and you're like, can we change this to a GSSB? <laughs> That's it. No, how about this? I've if been Alex, in that game before. If Alex wants to do it, if you want to do it, we've got a challenge for you that you need to beat first, okay? Okay. If we will sit through an entire series of you playing all of the Shadow the Hedgehog games. There's only one. If you make it through Sonic 06 first. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Sonic 06 to make my fe- make my friends suffer through Shadow the Hedgehog. Oh um, man, get ready to pump your MP5s. <laughs> but back Oh yeah, the pump action MP5. <laughs> but back to like what I was talking about with um wait, what? What? You didn't see the pump action I did, the I pump did action. Not. <laughs> so it's it's not MP5. even MP5. It's an M4 design, but like <laughs> shot like shadow like slaps in an MP5 uh, magazine, twists the MP5 magazine, grabs the foregrip, pumps the foregrip of this M4 rifle. He grabs the underbarrel. No, not the underbarrel. No, there's, no the foregrip. there's no foregrip on it. There is. There isn't. Like I'm putting, I'm putting the gun in general chat now. There, that's what he uses. There is no foregrip on that. He grabs the underbarrel and just pumps it. Not Sonic Shadow. <laughs> the Hedgehog gun. Gun reload. I'm pretty sure it's an M4. Yeah, look there. There it is. There's the gun. There's, oh no, there, it is a. Yeah, it's an MP4. There, there it is quote. in the cutscene right there. Pump action MP. Quote, Japanese developers seem to be of two extremes, an autistic level of attention to accuracy about firearms and weapons surpassing American studios even, or they have no idea what a firearm is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fucking great. (laughs) Oh, wow. Actually, someone someone has written a comic for the reload. To be fair, that that's not the only one. Someone else mentioned that uh, Half Life has an M five with an M two O three underbarrel attached. Uh, I think so. But yes, back, back. <laughs> but it actually has a grenade barrel thing on attached. To, yeah. Uh, what I was saying is, yeah. So the you Google How pump action MP5 like, and the first thing is the Shadow the Hedgehog. In, like, <laughs> Darksiders, you know, you, you're fighting all these bosses. You got Samael, a demon... I think it was Samael. You got, like, a demon prince and then you got... Actually, I think you got a bunch of demon princes. That's kind of the... You need to defeat the four big guardians and get their hearts and whatever the fuck it was. Um, mm. And then you've got to fight the destroyer right and you've got all of those kind of big names you know who the hardest enemy in the game is who it's a secret boss that you can fight in four different places and every time you fight him he gets stronger like every time you beat him his next the next time you fight him he's stronger and like i said there's four fights 
His name's Wicked K. Just not my final form thing. His name's Wicked K. He's just a... He's a zombie like any of the other loss that humanity turned into in that game. Except the differences are he's sentient, unlike the other ones. He's mm. British. And he just fights you... He's and he's like got a full top hat and he and a cane, and he just yeah, teleports at it right at now, beating the shit out of you with the quote. Terribly sorry, but I have to kill you now. <laughs> Is that so the British like, version of nothing personal, kid? You take a couple of fights against Wicked K, and then you go and fight the Destroyer, and you're like, uh huh, okay. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not sure there's any. Uh, though, though he is he is a repeating. He's in all the dark siders, I believe. Wait, that's his name? Is Wicked Killington? Sounds about right. Yep. <laughs> Everywhere I'm looking, it's Wicked Killington. The quote: "You're stealing my spotlight." On guard, you boob. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, yeah. I mean, because it's only one secret boss, I can I can get. But it's it's still that kind of disassociation because, like, a wicked zombie in a top hat and a, with a cane, a, a British zombie is more is more dangerous than destroyer of worlds. <laughs> Though I've said this before, I straight out think the Dark Side is one final boss. It's not the best final boss in any game. Or, or like the best boss, but it's one of it gives one of the best fucking feelings of playing a boss fight. Because how mm. the mechanics there are two phases, right? And the first phase is, phase is a dragon, and the second phase is like uh, a Sep- Sephiroth ripoff. Um, that's not exactly true, but it's pretty close. Um, but the first phase when he's a dragon, basically how you have to fight him is. Because you can you can go on and off your horse whenever you want, um, yeah. And how it's set up is basically he'll circle around the arena and then start charging at you. And how you need to, and you can't generally get out of the way in time unless you're already moving on the horse because there's some acceleration on it. Which means the correct way to dodge it because he'll run at you. One of his hand uh, claws will start glowing, and then he'll take a swipe at you with that one. So what you need to do is get on your horse and run at him like a joust, and then when you see that claw glowing, you need to dodge to the other side and swing at him running past. It's fucking cool. Like, and that's just it. It, it feels seems like really I, I fucking wanna cool. See, I want to see this fight go down. Is he in both Darksiders? Ah, uh, no. The second Darksiders... Darksiders 2 final boss is uh, disappointing in comparison. I mean, it's still fine. Because it looks like he's in Darksiders 1 as well. Uh, he's only in Darksiders 1. Oh, but there's stuff saying he's in Darksiders 2 as well. I believe he exists as a character in Darksiders 2. I don't think you need to fight him. Ah, oh, well, that sucks. Because because the thing is, Darksiders 1 and 2... Actually, I don't even think he, he is a character that you interact with much. Because the thing is, he, he'll exist like for story purposes, right? But Darksiders 1 and 2 actually take place... Like, the time period they take place in is really weird. Because... Isn't it meant to be, like, super far away, but not? Well, they're kind like, of a bit uh, dimension-y. I, I think... They're not quite alternate dimensions, but they're, di- like, alternate worlds, effectively. Um, 
but no, apparently Darksiders Two is a boss in uh, Wicked K is a boss in Dark oh, sorry, Souls Two. Yes, Wicked K is a boss in all Dark is exists in every Dark Souls game. Sorry, I thought you meant the Destroyer, the oh, no. Dragon. No, he's not. Um. But yeah, I don't know. Like, secret bosses are cool, but they, like I said, they feel really, they always feel at least a little out of place unless you've got, like, a new game plus or a post-game thing going on with them. Yeah, it has to be a post-game because, as I said, the issue with, like, Final Fantasy X's uh, quote-unquote post-game is it can't be post-game. Once you beat the final, uh, once you do the final boss fight, that's it, like, which makes sense because of how the ending goes. Like, it, like you can't continue from that ending because of, like, th- how these bosses sort of work within the universe. But not having that post-game means you need to do everything before the final boss. And then once you've done everything before the final boss, the final boss is such a fucking pushover that it, like, if you were to play... If you were a Final Fantasy veteran and you came into Final Fantasy X, you would most likely do, like, all try and do all the bosses sort of stuff. But given the chance that you can't do it post-game, you will do it early, which means the final boss is going to have a super less impact if you do any sort of, like, pre-final boss grinding for later game bosses. Because, like... Obviously, like, the big final boss is meant to be like, oh, shit, this is the thing that's destroying everybody and killing everything, and this is the big bad guy, and you two hit them. It's like, why is this even a problem? And then the characters are like, oh, my God, we barely made through it with our lives. Like, we barely made through this. And it's like, bitch, I didn't even use a phoenix. Like, what is your problem? (laughs) And it's just, uh, it's, so, like, tonally, it's weird, but since, like, I've already played Final Fantasy X, like, many times before, and this is the first time I'm doing the, the, the big stuff before the final boss, like, that is, it's, it's the first time I've encar- like, encountered this issue of, like, oh, wait, this big final tough-ass boss is actually, like, a pushover if you decide to do any sort of, like, optional boss beforehand because you kind of need to be like significantly stronger to do any of these optional bosses and that significantly stronger is a much bigger power spike than the final boss actually is mm-hmm. like like you could play final fantasy 10 all the way through without doing any optional bosses and the final boss will be a challenge definitely but it, it, the second you go, hey, I want to do the Omega boss, and all the it's like you're going to moves. need some grinding and you're going to need to be like pretty up there in terms of Effectively, if you grind like, enough strength. for the secret or optional bosses, then you'll be over grinding for the main ones. So it's like, well, that's actually. I'm following a go. Mm-hmm. That's actually something I noticed playing through Borderlands. So like, I like the Borderlands series, but. I don't like them enough to... I, I'm not going to replay them and do all the New Game Plus stuff, right? I like them enough mm. to play through the game and all its DLC once. And then I'm like, all right, cool, I've done the game. And never pick it back up. 
But that's something I really noticed playing Borderlands 1 because I didn't quite platinum Borderlands 1 on PS3, but I was pretty fucking close. Point is, I completed, like, every optional quest I found. But because I was doing every quest, I was always a few levels higher than what I was supposed to be for the um, main quest because, you know... Then made it so that you can kind of just run through the main quest without do many without doing many side quests, and you still won't be completely fucked. So mm. if you do all the optional quests, you're getting a bunch more XP and all that shit. So you just walk in, you're like, "Well, I'm significantly over leveled for this area," and that's basically what the entire later seventy percent of the game was. I also have an announcement to make. That's a shame. Mm-hmm. Yes. I found out the anime. Oh, yes, that's it. Okay. It's called Witchblade. Oh, I've heard of that one. It's probably that, on my to watch list, but my to watch list looks like my wish list, wish list. So, you know. So. For reference, like, other people's wish lists in on Steam, like these two, they've got, like, 10, maybe 20 games that they're really interested in. My wish list is 351 games that have I have any vague or passing interest going, oh, I might enjoy that. Um, and I forgot about it, because I just kind of throw stuff on there when I'm like, oh, this seems vaguely interesting. And then I just got a message from Kenny when he was trying to get me birthday presents going, what the fuck? Seriously. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff weird it's like um a friend of ours has uh the fuda uh that's jordan again yeah fuda fucks oh, dine and yeah dick but, dine and but dash. jordan is dick unashamedly yeah i want these porn games what about it that's true yeah i've also, been sending alex constant vtuber shit throughout this entire podcast what about it yeah you know you know a large reason why I vet the things that I put on my wish list and what I buy through Steam. The running joke is what isn't on your wish list, but go ahead, tell us how you vet that well, wish list. Gen- generally, I don't think, like, I've got 351 games and I'm pretty sure there's no pornographic content on it. I think there might be one. You think? As far as I remember, there's none. But. There's like a couple of reasons for it. One, I'm not that interested in paying money to jack off. Like, if I was going to buy one, (laughs) if I was going to buy, I shouldn't pay point. Get that shit free. If I was going to buy one, right, I'd buy it because it's a good game that happens to have those things in it. Like Subverse. But yes, I'm shilling Subverse at the moment. What about it? Okay, right. So that's the only reason I do it. But even then, I I vet it because, uh, well, I mean, 90% of the reason is because I have my brother and my cousin on my friends list. My <laughs> brother wouldn't give a shit, but uh, I have all my cousins on my friend list. And, yeah. I, so, okay. So you want to hear some, some weird shit? No, not yeah, really. I'm, Actually, I'm yes, I've changed my mind. I do. So you saw the picture I linked up of the main character of Witchblade, right? Yeah. So that's obviously based on a Western comic done by a guy called Mark Silvestri. Is is this comic called Darkness? 
or the no, darkness. It's called it's called Witchblade. Ah. Like the comic is also called Witchblade, in which the main character has a fairly similar look, um, like to like outfit wise. It's all right. It's like the same ideas there. Did you know there's a live action movie? Yes. Well, time for another of, movie of, night. Of Witchblade, in which if I can find the transformation. I um, actually did. I had, I had heard of this. Where is I I I saw the transformation and I I had a really hard time but successful time of holding in the laughter. <laughs> um because where is it? Oh, here it is. Here is what Witchblade looks like in the live action film. Oh boy. Uh, if any of you can find it, <laughs> please look it up. Just look up the trailer for Witchblade live action. Uh, just look up Witchblade trailer. Look, first, first. It was a TV the- series on TNT. She's in a full set of. Head to toe, like knight's armor. <laughs> fucking plate. No. So, for, so first, look up the the comic or the anime, and then yeah. look up the live action. Yes. And your immediate thought will be, "Wow, I must have the wrong image." If you're thinking that, no, you have the right. You've got one. the right image. <laughs> You've got the right image. Oh, but yes, yeah, she's in full. Plated knight's armor, head to toe. Uh, I mean, like, the anime takes some liberties. Uh, the comic has at least probably more... No, the comic looks like she has less colored up. But she's Which still very... pretty incredible, very, to be honest. Yes. Like, very thin. <laughs> The live-action TV show had taken more liberties than necessary and did not expose a single bit of skin. In fact, uh, I don't even think you can see her eyes. Yeah, no uh, apparently it was cancelled because the main character had a massive drug addiction. Well, that's not what I expected. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, after... Like, you know, dealing with this shit. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. I would take opium just to make my day go by. Oh, my God, please no. <laughs> She's actually fencing. Like, oh, boy. Like, oh, no. Like, she's actually, like, and there's scenes of knighthood. Dude, I just, I just, Why? Why is this a thing? Oh no! So yes, that that was the anime I was thinking of the the super etchy anime, which introduced me to etchy animes, which is Witchblade. Um, the live action TV series looks fucking god awful. Have you seen the pilot? Uh, no, I have the it pilot lo- right here. Like there is a. That's a scene from the pilot. There's a scene, for, yeah, from the pilot. Holy like, shit. I found out, it's I bad. found out this series has a live action adaptation from what looks to be like a 60, 70 year old woman. 
who she has 360 subscribers. Her name is May 2nd, December. I don't know what that means. Uh, she does an LP. Wait, is that her that's doing this? I don't know. Yes, she has an L. What the? F- <laughs> wow. She has an LP of USC career mode on her channel. <laughs> so that's that's oh, wait, how you that know how to. That's how you know how to no, get that's the, a husband. Uh, the thing that has the thing. Why is she reviewing Witchblade? Yeah, the Witchblade. But he Blade. runs the yeah, channel. Exactly. That's that's if you're looking for the Witchblade video, that's the channel you need to look for. See, from what I from what I've seen, right? The only general consensus is I think there's only two good um live action anime adaptations. Is it Please tell me it's uh, Attack on Titan. It's the Dragon Ball movie. It's Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> I knew it. That's the one thing I don't no, understand about no, big companies being like, this is a popular thing. How bad can we fuck it for so, money? So the two, the two are... <clears throat> uh, sorry. The, the two, uh, Alita Battle Angel, because that was actually a pretty good movie. I've I seen, like, they, half of they, it. They I did wasn't that, too much into it. They did it justice. I'm not going to say it's the perfect. You know, it's not, like, a fucking masterpiece, but, yeah, it's good. Mm. Um, and the other one, from what I've heard, is Veroni Kenshin had a really good adaptation. Ronin Kenshin. Ronin Kenshin. How do you spell that? Uh, R-U-R-O-U-N-I. Oh, Ronin Kenshin. Sounds familiar. Oh, that thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my music teacher was telling me about that. Your music teacher sounds like the anime. From what I've, from the bits I've heard, your music teacher sounds really fucking cool. She's pretty cool. Uh, sometimes we like instead of doing music stuff, we just talk about shit. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, because Kenny's so lonely. He I remember. I can't remember. I think it was Verona and Kenshin. I'll Google it because one of the uh, one of the artists, um, Japanese manga. Creator is the one who uh, was convicted of child pornography. Yes. Yeah, that was the Roroni Kenshin uh, author. Funnily enough, that's how I remember the live action one. Yep, Roroni Kenshin. Yeah, it's, avoids jail time. Funnily enough, that's uh, actually in child why I remember the um, that it's got a good live action because a lot of people go, "Hey, it's got a good live action," and most of the time, live action adaptations people get a um a cut when it happens and that's like licensing when it happens and then nothing further. So if you want to watch it without, um, if you want to watch Veroni Kenshin without supporting the original artist, which like you said was, uh, convicted of, uh, child, so not nice so child things. Then he yeah, had a lot, action. like a lot 
of porn in which the police have stated no one was older than 15. Uh, on February 27th, Tokyo Summary Court found the 47-year-old Watsuki to be in violation of Japanese anti-child prostitution pornography ordinance. However, the manga artist will have served no jail time in relation to the infraction, instead being ordered to pay a fine of 200,000 yen, which equates to 1,890 US dollars. That's a weird thing about Japan. You get caught with child pornography, they're like, uh, slap on the wrist. But fucking, you get caught with drugs, they will go drugs. out of their way to erase Not your even existence. With drugs. You, can get, you get caught with any fucking association with drugs or like, hey, uh, you smoked pot this one day in this one time by this thing. Fucking, you get erased from existence. They scrub you like a fucking dirty floor. Like, uh, I can't remember which one it was. It was some guy in the Yakuza series. Yeah. That was caught with some cocaine in his system. Not only did I replace his, like, in-game model, but, like, scrubbed him from all records on the game. Uh, he, The music group he was involved with, which he made music with, they took down all their music and shit like that. Like... Like you get caught with drugs at all? Yeah, you're you that's, disappear. That, that's it. You might as well not exist. But you do child pornography, fucking two thousand dollar fine, you know here there. Like this guy wasn't caught with like a few pictures. He was caught with multiple DVDs yeah. of child pornography. Yeah. <laughs> it it was a collect. It was a collection of not nice things. Very not nice things. Yes. Very bad. Very bad things. We don't There's also an article about a UK man has been sentenced for prohibited images of manga children. 20 charges of possessing prohibited images of children. Yeah, but... That's a sketchy way of putting it. Yeah. What was that, like a lowly hentai? It says... uh, I'm not sure that's really He was first prosecuted. Oh, hold up. Because, like, fucking, if it's not real, who cares? It just says, however, the children depicted in the image were all drawings, believed to be the first man in his country brought to court solely over the manga or anime images. Court sentenced him to nine months in prison. Yeah, it was fucking that's hentai. It. But the sentence will be suspended if he maintains good behavior and follows the court requirement for two years. What the fuck? Why do you? It's 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 literal fucking Chinese finger paintings. Why do you care? Because we've been through this argument multiple times. It's like because it's depicting younger bodies in a sexual manner, which is like, hey, yeah, that's that's pretty open, fucking this- creepy. We'll admit, but like. If he's fucking, if he's looking at pictures of drawings where no one was hurt, fucking, why, why do you care? Why, why because is this, they believe, why is this point they of contention? Because they believe it indulges them into proceeding it further. That's that's a and that's a slippery slope fallacy. And yes, there's, but, there's no but evidence they, to support that that is the case. It's because they're already been fucking punished. Because we have, they haven't let it happen. They've been nailing down that stuff. I remember something. that Japan did have a discussion about it. It's very, it's very difficult to find the evidence for it. But I, ha- I have, I have been the, looking. This is what the remember, judge, this is what like, the judge has to say. 
You are an intelligent man. You certainly should have been aware of the risks of indulging in accessing this material, and you acknowledge your foolishness and guilt. This material that clearly society and the public can well do without. It's a danger that obviously portrays sexual activity with children, and it's more portrayed the more ill-disposed may think it's acceptable. So they're making an example. Yeah, they made an example of it, but fuck, there was a oh, there was a picture of someone going uh, who was just beating that argument entirely where they go, oh, I drew this incredibly sexualized character. Do you find this character attractive? It's like, yes, well, you're a pedophile because I just said her, na- her age is 13. Yeah, but it doesn't come down to what the age actually is because obviously the defense was these aren't young women and it's like they look like young women. And that's all that mattered to him. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's an interesting it's, it's, argument it's, that I'm not. It's get definitely into. like he's the first person to get charged with all this. It's, I it's don't a, think he'll be the last. But didn't they ban like hentai from Australia? Uh no, they banned. They they didn't ban it from Australia. They banned importing it into Australia, and they didn't yeah. so much ban hentai as they banned. Um, they banned adult products that they couldn't give a rating to. It's, it, what do it's, you mean? It's it's a lot. It's a lot of political jargon that just well, I think, equates I think to basically, if it has a rating, you can't import it. I think so just don't get it rated and you're thing, fine. The thing was more. Um, it's on that same discussion as, you know, lolly hentai and all of that stuff, right? It was kind of, it's such a grey area that we can't give it a rating, right? Because we can't, we're not sure if we can say it's okay or not. And because of the new ruling, if it's in that grey area, it's now banned from being imported. Yeah, here it is, here it is. that's how it works. Ah, no, this this was about the law thing. I'll try and find the, um... The Australia bans hentai more thing. Oh man, uh, why, why are we day, getting our news from this care. website more often? Sora News Twenty Four, Sabushi She, Sabushi Cho, Sabushi No, Shibushi Shibushi Show, Shibushi Shu Show to change their name. <laughs> ah yes, uh, Australian Customs have started rejecting packages containing any adult product. Following current Australian orders with adult items were returned. Um, okay, so here here we go. The ABF. Um, what the fuck? What the fuck is an automatic knife? All right. That's weird. All right. Not finding it. <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny. Automatic knife. No need to reload it. No need to tack reload that knife. Okay, so That's what they've sure. done is no, they've well, banned- You might need to, you might need to copy um, it. It might only be a semi-automatic knife. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Any other goods no, it's fine. Otherwise deal with matters of sex, drugs, misuse, addiction, crime, cruelty, violence, 20-year-old fan artist retires from Ray Hentai after studio's no Evangelion fan porn please request. <laughs> All right, so- These are hard drive articles. These are real. <laughs> All right, so what what the um, what they've done is they've created a a blanket ban on everything trying to come into Australia, which defines anything and everything as child pornography, publications, films, computer games, and any other goods that describe, depict, express, or otherwise deal with matters of sex, drugs, misuse, addiction, crime, cruelty, violence, terrorist acts, 
or revolting or abhorrent phenomena in such a way that offend against the standards of morality, decency, and proprietary generally generally accepted oh, by reasonable adults. Reasonable adults. Yeah, I know. I've heard the reasonable adults defense a lot. It's like no reasonable adult would ever indulge in this. It's like, but if I want to fuck a tentacle pussy, then yeah. I don't need to be a reasonable doll. I just, I just want to. Yeah, it's fucking. If it's not, re- if no one was hurt in the making of it, if no one is hurt in the purchasing of it, and if no one is hurt in the end result of it, why do you care? That's that's just how the world works these days. No. If I don't like it, then you shouldn't be allowed oh, to have yes, it. Yes, I forgot that. If you don't like, if if you can't have fun with it, I'm not allowed to have fun with it. It's not even Fucking- me have fun with it. I don't approve of it. Yeah, I mean, you don't you, approve. You're not good, allowed to- good thing we live in this Sharia state called fucking Australia. Nice to see that going on. But it's just not Australia. It's the rest of the world too. Yeah. Like we, the rest of the world is not allowed to do everything without the approval of everyone else. And that's where it's like, okay, come on. If I, I want to fuck, I, 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 I want to fuck a, a fucking rubber toy. Let me fuck a rubber toy. All right. Yeah. I'm doing oh, no, it in not, my own home. You're not allowed to you fuck a rubber to toy because it. the girl on the box was of questionable, questionable age. Doesn't fucking matter that all ge- that all fucking Asian women between the ages of sixteen and forty five look exactly the same until <clears> menopause <throat> hits and they all turn into Yoda. But fucking what no. What if I like the Yoda? What if I like that old lady stuff? Uh, that's that's fine because we can tell clearly it's Yoda. Uh, that's fine. But if it's yeah. it's not baby Yoda, it's the child. It doesn't matter. Baby Yoda is <laughs> still fifty years old and is capable of holding a conversation. Oh, Alex, most six-year-olds are capable of holding a basic conversation. That's a point. I didn't say a basic conversation. I said fucking the child or- Yeah, a conversation, not a basic conversation, a conversation, which the fucking- Was it- What did they call him again? I think it was Morgu. Morgu? What? Yeah, they gave the child in The Mandalorian a name, and I think it was Morgu. Oh, yeah, but that doesn't matter. Mogu? People, you, they can officially call it whatever the, the fuck they want. Everyone's going to be calling it Baby Yoda. Yeah, it's Baby Yoda. They also, because that's what the memes the came to screen. It's Baby Yoda. Said, hey, it's cool to call it Baby Yoda. Did they? Yeah, but like for some reason, no, for some reason they didn't. No, no. For some they, reason they didn't, certain, went with baby, didn't go with Baby Yoda. I'm certain they, like they didn't go with it officially, but I'm certain they came out and said, yeah, no, just, just call him whatever the fuck you want. Because I know they gave it. I know they gave it a name, and I don't care about the Mandalorian at all. Like, I'm not like heaps into Star Wars. There's aspects of Star Wars I do like, but there's so much shit of Star Wars I don't Look, like. I I like Star Wars in theory, and by that I mean yeah, like it's cool. Like the Mandalorian, I'll probably get around to watching it at some point. But you know, I've got stuff on my list, like the things I've been watching in my week. Do you want to hear about my week? <laughs> I was about to say, yeah. we're going to get on to your week, so we're only yeah, hour fucking 40. two hours into this podcast. Well, I do have one last thing to say mm-hmm. about my week. Uh, watching Sweet Home, the Netflix adaptation of the webcomic. Really good. I, I'm a huge fan of the original webcomic. And you think they did a good uh, job? I really the, uh... like the uh, Netflix adaptation that they did. Uh, it stays very faithful to the series in some ways 
uh, in other ways, ways it plays taken... the League of Legends theme song. Yeah, they, they play the League of Legends Warriors theme song in like four or five like let's rise up and fight against the monsters sort of thing. Well, well, you need to remember that while that song has been associated with League of Legends, it's just exactly that. It's, it's been associated. It's not. It's still an imagine. No, but I think Imagine Dragons wrote that song specifically for the League of Legends world. Yeah, it thing. was a League it, it of Legends was, inspired was thing. Written, it was written for the animation, but it's still just. So, yes, it was written for the League trailer. Yeah, but even in but the context, if you take League there, out of it completely. It's without, still, without League, it still is just by itself. It's a fucking... It's a very out-of-place song. Yeah. See, that that makes sense, just going. Yeah. This, like it's just yeah. out of place because they went with a really classical techno vibe with what their stuff, like especially with the intro and stuff like that, and then you just hear this like booming rocking of warriors and stuff while these people are cowarding away from the monsters. And it's just like, oh, we are the warriors. <laughs> like oh my god like there's this one scene where protein my favorite monster gets debated out of the fucking window because uh, one of the characters stands at the window waiting for protein to charge and is playing that song <laughs> and starts playing that song and he just all he does is just jump out of the way so protein throws himself out and he's laying there in the rubble like oh man I was so scared, but I'm so happy I'm alive. And it's like, where are you? Like, why? It just doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. fit. Like, the, the lyrics, the composition, <laughs> the fucking, the everything about that song does not fit what's happening on screen. And I said, like, the, the series the series is, the Netflix series is pretty faithful to the web the webcomic. Um, but I do highly recommend checking out the webcomic first before checking out the Netflix series because the webcomic, like, I, I feel like the Netflix series is banking on, like, hey, this is, like, a scene from the webcomic. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's that scene. And, oh, shit, that's that. But they definitely go on different routes because, obviously, um, Sweet Home is banking on the popularity to get a second season because it is a TV show. Mm-hmm. So they can't have the ending the webcomic had because the webcomic was a definitive end. Yeah. And... Who knows? They maybe go have something similar to the ending of the webcomic, but the webcomic is located entirely within the apartment complex, whereas the TV series goes outside the apartment complex as well. So to have that same ending, I'm not too sure how I'll do it, but ending is still like, okay, that's interesting. I would like to see where that goes. I suspect they'd need to change the ending to make it work properly, though, do you? Yes, but at the same time, there's an interesting concept behind it in which it's like the webcomic was like, all right, what's going on? What is this thing? I don't fucking care. Let's just survive. And that's it. Like there's something out there which is causing this. We do not care about it because we just want to survive. And the TV series goes, no, actually, let's let's go further into this. Let's see why this is a thing or what is this and the webcomic does something which I really like, which I wanted to see in the Netflix, um, because it's all about like, oh, people's something is changing people's desires and turning them to a monster form of their desire. And the main character is infected. We find this out in like the first like half hour of the first episode. He's infected, and 
whatever this thing is, is talking to them. It's talking to them going, what is your desire? Tell me what your desire is and I'll give it to you. And it has that sort of aspect of like, you know, in Soma, um, in our latest recording when we went downstairs to where the proxy was and there was all these people mushed into the wall. Yeah. Yeah. But they're experiencing sort of like a heaven, like in their mind, yeah, they're, they're out the there somewhere enjoying, I don't know, some dream life. But in reality, they're being like, they're being melted down into like flesh pools and kept alive by the wow. Same thing is happening to these people who give in their desires. They get to live this dream life in their mind, but in reality, they're they are a monster walking around looking on looking to feed on something. And this thing is like, what do you desire? I'll give it to you. Just let me know. And in the um, Netflix series, he's just like, nah, fuck off though. And it's just like. Ah, you've you've stopped you've stopped me for now, but I'll get you. And every single time, it's like, but but no, fuck off. And it's like okay. Whereas in the web comic, um, he essentially wanted to kill himself on the twenty fifth of November or October, because that was the season finale of his favorite anime. So when the parasite and like, this happens before enough to see this. Uh- yeah, he, he wanted to see the season finale and then he's willing to kill himself because, like, his family's dead, he's by himself, he's got no ambitions, he doesn't know how to make any money, et cetera, et cetera. He's like, you know what, I'm just going to kill myself on this day when I get to see the season finale of my favourite anime. The anime isn't a plot in the Netflix series at all. It's literally, hey, look, you get to be a beta tester for this game on the 25th. And but since the world ends, no beta test because why would there be? Whereas in the uh comic, it's just like, oh man, like I want to see the ending to this anime. And this thing is like, what do you desire? Come on, give it to me. And how he staves it off in the comic is I want to see the season finale of this anime. And the the, the parasite things is like like what what what? And he's just like, yeah, I want to see the season finale. And it's like, how the f- how the fuck do I do that? <laughs> like, what what? How am I meant to work with this? And he's just like, oh, I guess I'm not gonna give you, I'm not gonna give myself over. Then he's like, oh, yeah, oh, fuck. <laughs> All right. And then it gets to a point where he's just like, um, he's in sort of like a dreamland where he was actually involved in the crash of his parents, et cetera, et cetera. And in the webcomic, like, he gets to see the season finale of his anime in in cinema. And he gets there and he's like, huh, it ended exactly how I thought it would. And that's how he figured out. It's like, oh, no, this thing's trying to bait me over. it's faking it because because the only way it can imagine it is the image he had in his head. Because, right, because you've explained this a little bit outside of this, is that the parasite can only work off what the person they're in knows. Yeah. So and because and this thing, thing had like, come it out can't there, the grant only thing you- it could only the only thing it could work off is the imagined or his expectations, which means yeah. that every single expectation was perfectly fulfilled because it's the only thing it could do to fake it. He's like, eh, no. Yeah, because this thing so. is not magical per se. Like it can't just pull things out of thin air. 
it just tricks you. And that's all it does. It can't grant you your desire. It just makes you think it can, so it can trick you and take you over. So he's just like, ah, oh, this thing ended the exact same way I thought it would. And then he turns around and looks into the, like the nothing. It's like, so I knew this was bullshit. I was just testing it because I, I had a feeling this would happen. And the, and the thing's just like, fuck. All right, fine. You can retain your humanity for now. But one day you're going to want something else and I'm going to get you then. Whereas in the Netflix series, that scene is completely replaced with he's on the streets and people just disappear. And he's like, this ain't reality. And I'm like, oh, come on. As well as there's a uh, character. Fair, I'm not going to spoil this. I understand like, why they dropped it from the adaptation. Mm. Not to mention, like, they full on, like, there's a scene, like, when I first read this, made no sense to me, like, at all. Because I didn't know anything about Fate Go or, you know, Fate Stay Night two years ago. And then there's a scene where, like, one of the characters says to another character, it's like, huh, you like taking control and shit. What, do you want to be the president one day? He goes, no, I just want to be Saber's husband from Fate. (laughs) Like, without actually saying Saber from, no, without actually saying from Fate. He just goes, I just want to be Saber's husband. And it has, like, a picture of Saber from Fate Go, but, like, the eyes are pixelated out (laughs) as if that will avoid, like, any sort of copyright protection. (laughs) All right, that's pretty fucking funny. That, that like, is I'll, generally how they get around censorship. Um, it's things. like this is this pixelated face, but the body and design is like 100% Saber. And then the main character is just like, oh, no, I like Maria instead. And they're like, yeah, I like Maria too. And they both just look at each other like, did we just become best <laughs> friends? And the other guy is just like, what the fuck is going what on? What the fuck are you talking about? Who's this? You know what? I don't care. All right, let's just get on with this. And like- the series just has like these moments. Like the web series has like these moments of like But I also good well hitting humor. But I also feel like that's something that wouldn't really work in because you said it was like a Netflix adaptation, right? Yeah, it, it wouldn't like that, work. Like straight that. up would not work. So I totally like, get why it's they didn't just, do it. It wouldn't be it's like you can definitely try it, but it's not as effective. You, they, like this they is probably they, there's no way Netflix would just show saber just standing there or even like mentioning like they never even mention any of that sort of stuff like there's no mentions or anything as i said like this works really well for the webcomic medium but it would just fall so flat with the netflix like the visual adaptation like the motion adaptation of it and but that's what i really liked about the webcomic the webcomic had this really good like sense of making things lighthearted to emphasize a scarier or a more grotesque or dark thing about to happen. It, it like, had good contrast. It, the contrast was great, but it's not about like, here's a funny thing, now scary. It all has to be like well-positioned. You can't just put like a funny thing in wherever you want. It just has to be well-positioned. And they were able to do it in the webcomic by having moments of seriousness 
calm down and then people like, all right, things are calming down. We could sort of relax a bit, keep our guard up, but relax a bit. And then people start to open up and they tied the humor to the character's uh, opportunity of opening up to others. So it became like a character developing moment. And that's where they would like to put the humor. And then that's how we got to know the characters better. And that's what I really liked about the webcomic is like they really know how to make these characters and you can't do that in the Netflix adaptation. So I'm not holding it against the Netflix adaptation, but there are some things that the Netflix adaptation did differently, which I have no idea why. And the main thing for that was, for me, was a character called Mr. Kim, who is the security officer at this uh, complex. Now, he is like one of the strongest monsters in the series other than uh protein like he's just ruthless and in the webcomic without spoiling anything in the webcomic he is a serious problem that everyone needs needed to address whereas in the in the netflix adaptation he is an individual problem for one person to address in which the events that transpired in the webcomic sort of transpired in the Netflix thing, but to a worse degree. Whereas an event happens during this battle and someone is lost. Whereas in the webcomic, like the battle goes down very differently. In fact, the only thing that they translated over from the webcomic to the Netflix series about the um, Mr. Kim fight was that he's able to contort his body however he wants. So he's able to just twist his neck 180 degrees and then just walk backwards as if he was walking forwards sort of thing. And that's the only thing they brought over. But, like in, but they removed some aspects like... Um, like one of the major issues in uh, the webcomic was trying to figure out what monster is what based on desire. And figuring out the desire gives them a sort of idea of how they can beat it, but it's not like the be all end all. Whereas in the Netflix series, it's like, oh, can we just damage it to death? And it's like, yes, we can. Okay, cool. Right, it turns into and it's just like with the Mr. Kim fight. It's stick kind of idea rather than... Yeah, okay. I, I'm going to have to spoil this because, like, I can't talk about it without actually spoiling a bit. So I'm going to dedicate, like, a quick couple minutes to this. So in the comic book, Mr. Kim is introduced because they turned on the elevator and it starts at the 13th floor. Everyone's on the ground floor. The elevator's on the 13th floor. And then the elevator goes up to the 14th floor. And it goes, 14th floor, max capacity. And everyone's like, what the fuck just got on? And then it starts coming down. They're like, there's a whole bunch of monsters on here. We need to do something about this. So everyone gets prepared. And the doors open. And Mr. Kim, in his human form, is just like, huh. Just sitting in the elevator as the doors open. And it's like, what, what the fuck's going on? And he's holding his whippersnipper. And he's like, huh. It's a, it's a whippersnipper with a metal blade. Dude, that's... Because he was doing gardening. both amazing and fucking hilarious. 
Yeah. And like, so he walks out and people are like, oh, thank God you're alive and that sort of stuff. And he's able to sort of trick them to let him inside without like any defense. It's like, and then that's when he starts, his skin changes, his physique changes, he turns into a monster. And he starts hacking up people with his whippersnipper. Like the metallic whippersnipper, the the blades, like sharp ass blades, Mm -hmm. starts hacking everyone up. And then the main character, a samurai guy, the samurai Christian, he's an actual samurai Christian, comes in, he's like, I'm a I'm a fucking stop this guy. And he gets like a massive like cut down through his chest. And he's bleeding out. He's like, fuck. I'm going to die. And everyone's like, oh shit, we need to save him. And then Mr. Kim just literally crushes his head under his feet like a watermelon. So that main character is now dead. So another main character goes to tackle him and he full on charges, grabs him and could not move him an inch. Could not move Mr. Kim an inch. He's like, what the fuck is wrong with this dude? Like, how is he this strong? And then they ended up uh, beating him by using a monster outside to kill him. And that's how they killed him. Like, they had a monster use its blood-sucking ability. Let that happen. Yeah, they basically tricked the monster to stab Mr. Kim and then kill Mr. Kim. And they found out, like, oh, and when they burnt him, because burning the monsters is pretty much the only way to stop them, it burnt off his clothes and you can see all these faces trying to crawl their way outside of Mr. Kim's body. And it's like, he absorbed all these people. That's why when he jumped on the elevator, it went max capacity. And that's why when this guy jumped at him, he couldn't move him because he's got like- The weight and the power f- of 15 he, people. He has the physique of a singular person, but the mass and strength of 13. And it's like- and everyone's trying to figure out what his desire was. And that sort of blew up a whole bunch of contention and a whole bunch of tension between the group. It's like, what was his desire? Like, can we fit, like, is this based upon desire and all that sort of stuff? And it's like, we don't know anymore. Like, that whole Mr. Kim fight threw a lot of shit in the question. Whereas in a Netflix thing, Mr. Kim comes along, and it was just uh, a he comes out of the sometimes. elevator. Like, same thing. The elevator opens up. Mr. Kim comes out with the whippersnipper and he goes to try and attack one of the people. Uh, The samurai Christian comes out, stops him with his sword, and then Mr. Kim just straight up cuts the samurai guy's arm off. And he's like, oh, shit, I'm bleeding out. I'm going to die. And it also broke his sword. So what he decides to do then is I'm going to sacrifice myself by killing Mr. Kim. And he grabs Mr. Kim, stabs the fuel tank on Mr. Kim's back, powering the uh, whippersnipper, and then drags him into the elevator and then tells everyone to Molotov him, like, while he's holding on to him so he can keep him there. And that's how they kill Mr. Kim. Well, again, I kind of get why they'd do that because, right, they've only got a a much shorter period to, to do things in. You know, is, is that kind of where, not where they ended it, but... Was that kind of an end point of an arc? Mm, not really. Because 
Um, it was literally like any comic, both times it was like, oh, here's a surprise. The um, security officer is still alive. Cool. And it was just sort of thrown in there. But the fight with in the webcomic compared to the Netflix adaptation had two very different meanings. When the Netflix, it was just a regular monster of the week sort of fight. Whereas in the webcomic, it added a whole bunch of like questions. Um, like the, the entire group was like sort of torn on not only of the death of one of their friends, but how this thing actually works because no one knew like everyone had an idea that it was desire that was turning people, but no one knew based upon Mr. Kim's abilities, what his desire was. It was something they couldn't figure out and people were flipping their shit and, and Dante and anyone who was infected basically got, you can't stay here anymore. Like we can't figure out what's causing this or what will, dictates what you change so we're no longer going to risk it sort of aspect and obviously the christian samurai guy dies in both adaptations but like a lot more people died in the cut in the webcomic during this fight and they figured out or it brought more question in as well as more dynamics within the group for this singular fight whereas the netflix adaptation was just this was a fight that happened we lost a guy we move on right and that's what i dislike because i was looking forward to the kim fight and because of obviously like the scenario put forward but unfortunately it just well, how they went about it it's like even if they were to just question his desire because he was just a regular ass monster and he was covered in flies because the main because the security officer, like someone went down to his office and was like, Oh, can you take this package? I don't want it. And it was just full of rotten fish. And there was flies coming out of the box. And he's like, that's disgusting. And then threw it out. And so Mr. Kim was covered in flies when he was monstified, or whatever they call it. And it's like, how is that a desire? Like, how does this translate into desire? But at the same time, no one's just like, what was his desire? Why was he covered in flies? Is that everything else? It's just like, okay, he's done with. Okay, cool, bye. Right, and that's done. it. Pack it up. Let's go. Yeah, pack it up. All right, Mr. Kim's dead. We're good. I'm like, oh, man. Not to mention uh, the main character's transformation is completely different to the webcomic. The webcomic, he has a biological suit of armor, which he turns his electrified knife pole into like a staff. Uh, in the Netflix adaptation, he just has like a arm that's instead of, think of like a bird's arm, but instead of feathers, it's like bone that can turn things to ash. Huh. Spiky arm. And yeah. So he transformed into this like armor because he wanted to protect someone from this gigantic monster that was too powerful for anyone else to handle. And even the, the parasite inside him was like, hey, look, if you just give in your desires, not only will I make you powerful, 
but I'll even grant you like the first 10 minutes of your conscience of your transformation. I'll let you have your consciousness. And that's the deal they made from that. And so he was able to fully control himself to fight this thing just enough time to stop like this monster from murdering his friends. And then after that, he lost complete control and then everyone had to stop him. Where in this series, uh, it was kind of the same where like he wanted to protect his friends, but how his arm transformed is different and doesn't make sense. And I'm like, oh, fine. I want to see where season two goes, but I'm hoping they picked up a lot of the ideas that they dropped in the next season and then reiterated on them in some way, shape, or form because these are really good ideas, really good concepts that the webcomic puts forward. But the Netflix series is like, that seems like too much of a hassle. So so at the end of the day, you liked the adaptation, but you think it was... You think they didn't do as much as they could have with the source material. I think, yeah, I I do like the adaptation. It was definitely a great watch. I enjoyed every episode, but there's some parts where I'm like, oh, man, I really wish they did this. Like, I'm not against what they did. I just really wish that they, they have opportunity. They just haven't done anything with it. And because it's the first season, I'm not writing off that this opportunity is completely wasted. It's more of like I hope they, you know, work on this opportunity, work on this idea uh, more in the second season and hopefully put it into uh, some form of live action. So that's that's what I'm ha- I want to see. But, yes, that's my thing on uh, Sweet Home. Jaden, how was your week? Yeah, it's also all right. All right, sweet. Thank you very much for joining. And uh, <laughs> no, what'd you get up to? Um, what have I got up to this week? Well, uh, not a great deal. Just kind of fucking around, you know, Christmas and lazing around. Um, so I went out to Torquay up in the Great Ocean Road. Uh, mm-hmm. just before Christmas to do a Christmas thing with uh, mum so that was pretty fun just went up chilled unfortunately the weather wasn't great so we never actually went to the beach except on the last day and that was more just a walk along the beach rather than actually you know swimming or anything like that but eh, whatever it was still really good nice nice to just go down and chill and go on holiday for a few days and then um, not have to worry about anything really <clears throat> On, Unless. on on the second day, like the middle day, we had uh, went and did this like high ropes zip lining course thing, which I have always liked high ropes kind of stuff. I've always liked heights, um, <laughs> and that's more than, I, I and that's more heights. than just like you know I'm not scared of heights and doesn't worry me. It's it's I actively like heights, despite the fact that I have nearly fallen out of a tree before and actually fallen out of a tree before i've fallen out of a tree before like a decently high i haven't had but that's not like a a height like oh i'm scared of heights kind of thing it was more like i was drunk and i'm surprised i stayed in there as long as i did see we but i've had a fear of heights ever since i was young we had in an old place we used to live in there's a huge horse chestnut tree out the back. 
and I'd climb up to a fork pretty high up and just chill in it and sit there when I was younger. And when I say huge, I mean this fork I was on, it was the highest I could safely go that could definitely carry my weight, right? Um, but it was still probably, I could comfortably sit there like two stories up. Mm. So, like, I can deal with heights as long as I'm in a secure height area. <laughs> but I remember when I was young, there was, like, a zip lining thing down in some course. It was, like, a South Australia's largest flying fox or Australia's largest... Yeah, yeah. Oh, flying fox. And I couldn't climb the fucking first ladder on the first level of this four-level thing to get to the top. Yeah, you just like, Because the ladder no. was so fucking rickety. No, not happening. And I'm like, not happening. Not, in, not a fucking chance. I totally get that. Um, but yeah, we did that and then had a bit of Christmas stuff. So, you know, we had pancakes and some nice salmon steaks for dinner and we got, we got gotten fish and chips the other time and... We ate like an entire pav in two nights. It was a big pav too. Um, Pavlovas for yes. any of the uncultured swines. Uh, and we also played uh, some. Uh, I watched Inglorious Bastards while I was there as well. That movie's really fucking cool. That's all I'm really gonna Glorious say. Glorious Bastards. Oh yeah, it's I remember that one. That Tarantino. Tar- is that Tarantino? World War II one. I think it was with Brad Pitt and stuff like that. Yeah, with Brad Pitt and yeah, uh, Christoph Waltz, who played the bad guy Hans Lander, who was one of the most more impressive bad guy performances I've seen. I have to look at because it's one of those movies I haven't seen, but I'm like, I would be interested in seeing it. Just never got around to it. I was in the same boat, and then I eventually saw it, and yeah, this is the one time. See, a lot of a lot of Tarantino. He's got gratuitous violence and shit in all his. Yeah, it's just stuff, that's right? just his um, style. Yeah, but I mean, for a lot of the time, it fits. You know, like Kill Bill, that over the top stuff works for it. Pulp Fiction, it works for it. In Glorious Bastards, I actually think it kind of detracted mm. a little for, from it because, um, you know, they've got there's quite a bit of like I said gratuitous stuff in there. Like you can see scalping just on the screen at some points hmm. um Ooh. yeah it's not very nice but the most yeah and I guess you, you have a reaction to that but it's more of a revolting uh, you know whether the more serious parts of the movie had significantly more weight to them which I honestly felt was detracted by the almost flashy violence, if you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for those who don't know, Christoph Waltz uh, plays Hans Lander, who is a German SS uh, lieutenant, I think, or captain. He's from the SS, regardless, and he just does the role really, really fucking well. It's definitely um, something I gotta yeah, so have a look that, at because I have heard impressive. good things. What else have um, you done? Anything game related? Well, while we were there, we played a new board game that uh, Mum quite likes board games, so me and my brother got her 
a new one for Christmas called Scythe, which it's kind Scythe, of a yeah. it, the the setting's kind of a almost steampunky World War One. You know, it's in an alternate universe. It's not Earth, and there's a different map. But you know, you get the gist. It feels like an old World War One. There's you know not Russia and not not Germany and those kind of not places. Russia, not Germany. Yeah, this um, is Germany and Flusha. But yeah, ah, yes, it the, feels the European like, superpowers. It feels like a mixture of Settlers of Catan and Risk. But, in my opinion, just better than both of them. Settlers of Catan, I was never a big fan of. I played it once and couldn't couldn't get around it. Well, the thing is, Settlers of Catan, I like Settlers of Catan. I think it's a good game. But Scythe, I think, because it adds those risk elements where you can actually directly interact with your opponents more, I do think it really fits. Like, it, it makes the game feel more interactive, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, there's much more you can directly do with uh, your opponents. And there's some really good... I quite like how the scoring system works. So, at the end of the game, you get points for every... the. There are six objectives. You can, well, actually, there's like ten or eleven objectives you can do. But as soon as one person has six objectives, you put a star out whenever you complete one. So once someone's got six objective stars, the game immediately ends. And then at the end of the game, all your territories, resources on the board, and objective stars are converted into gold, and that's the final. Um, whoever's got the most money at the end of the game wins. The thing is, as you can guess money is also a currency that you use in the game on top of that um whenever you force someone's because there's multiple types there's your character and mechs which are two which are two kind of combat units and then there's workers which run around and do you know producing and things like that um and there's two uh i guess resources there's well three there's money uh, power, which mm. you can spend on, you know, taking fights, and popularity, which is basically how the people of the world, how much they like you. Every every time you displace a... Um, there's some event cards that affect some of these things, but whatever. But the, the big thing yeah. is, any time you displace an enemy, um, someone else's workers, your population goes down by one. Oh, sorry, your, your, not your population, your fucking... Um, popularity? Popularity goes down by one. So by by attacking your... Like I said, you can attack your opponents and get them off resources. And also, unlike a game like Settles of Catan, resources stay on the spot that they're acquired in. Units can move resources with them, but it means if someone get, creates a resource and doesn't spend it that round, then you can go over and kick them off the spot and just take the resource. Um, but yeah, every time you kick a, uh, workers off spot, you lose one popularity. However, the higher popularity you are, the more gold you get at the end of the game for each of the things you get. For example, if you have mm-hmm. like zero to six popularity, you get three gold for every objective star you've done. But if you have like 13 to 18, 18 is the max, if you're in that last third, you get five, po- five gold for every objective star you've done. So, 
it makes... And remember, the gold is what you're scoring to win. So the higher popularity means the more the more points you get for each thing you've done. But a lot of the time, investing it's like in popularity a- means you haven't been kicking opponents off their um, spaces and you haven't been taking yeah. the greedy option and exploration cards which lose you popularity but gain you the most of uh, other things. So you'll probably have less overall, but you'll get more for each of the things. It's it's a cool mix. Um, so yes, I, it, it sounds like a rock paper scissors style of uh, system. In a way, where everything everything has its trade offs. So yes, I I've only played it once, and then uh, my brother and mum played another two uh, time two player. Um, yeah, I quite like it. I haven't played enough to kind of give you a full down of these are all the pros and cons, but I, I like it. I think it's a good game. And it's got some really cool miniatures as well. Like, they're not super high. You know, they're not Warhammer miniatures, but they're cool. They're cool miniatures. You've got some cool little mechs and a proper, uh, actual character model for each of the ones. The not Russia character has a bear with him. Just on the model. Not Vladimir um, Putin. The not... What are they called in Valkyria Chronicles? The not Viking or not Scandinavians um, have a... Um, fuck. Uh, the the Empire. That's, that's all they're addressed as. Hang on. Imperials. They call them the Imperials. Um, they're not Germans. No, they're not Russians. You're yeah, playing as the, the Germans. They're not, they're not Vikings in Yeah, the East European they're, Imperial they're, Alliance. And yeah, everyone's, everyone's mechs have different... Um, mech models look unique for each faction. Like, one of them is just straight out, like, four-armed walkers. Uh, one of the seafaring factions that mechs can go on seas and stuff like that. Um, they can go hmm. in lakes. There yeah, amphibious ones. Seas. Um yeah, it's just a boat with four big ass legs. Like a boat with four telescopic legs coming off the sides. Anyway, yeah, so I've done that. Um on the computer game end of things. Um, well I mean we've been playing through Code Vein again. Basically yeah. so we're doing a Code Vein for the uh, playthrough for the channel, which has been on hiatus for a while. The reason for that was Code Vein works like a Souls-like in that it auto-saves on whatever you do, right? You can't go back to a previous save file. Our recording fucked up, and we lost, like, three areas. Three hours. No, three areas of footage. Well, we, yeah, which was about three hours. Actually, it might have been more. It was a, it it was like a, it was a long recording a session long, ended by... It was a huge... Oh, fuck. Um... And on top of that, make me lose that my was quite again, literally the second last area in the game would hit. And because of the yeah, save we system, like- I needed to create a new character and run through the entire game again. And that just, that by itself, as soon as it happened, just burnt me out of the game. And, like, I get that it's shit that we went on hiatus and it's really bad for anyone who wants to watch it and it's really bad for the channel, honestly. But there's no point us playing something if we're not having fun with it. So I just kind of stepped back and went, fuck that. And I was getting back into uni at the same time and just fuck all of that. So honestly. a lot of being preoccupied. Anyway, so we're getting back into that and catching that back up. I've been playing Dragon Ball as usual. That's just a default at this point. Um, other than that, I don't know. I'm just kind of picking up. I'm trying to start doing some more 
games just kind of playing through my library you know you know get a bunch of those little retro games you get from like humble, humble bundles and things like that so i'm just trying to kind of clear out some of my games library uh, most recently i've been playing 99 levels to hell which is a weird little i guess it's just a kind of a dungeon crawler it it feels like a mix of like spelunky with a doom aesthetic but Mm. what you kind of imagine Spelunky to be like as someone who's never played Spelunky. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it, Osmosis Spelunky. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's that oh, that just sounds wrong. 8-bit levels dungeon crawler. Um, it's not actually... Oh, it's not actually a roguelike, though. Like, there are some procedurally generated bits like the exact enemies and random rooms but the map layouts are pretty set like i'm pretty sure level 24 or whatever it is like it's it's that one is always level 24 and the map layout is always the same for that level every time so it's mm. yeah i don't know it's fun it's a cute little game but i don't know i'm not gonna sing its praises it's just a cute little it's it's a time killer fun pretty much game that yeah you know, it's got mixed reviews. Let me let me put it. <laughs> let me put it this way: the first, it's got mixed reviews, and the first one has this line quote: "This game is like Spelunky's mentally challenged cousin." Take that as you will. I mean, how are you meant to take that though? It's however you will. They said it right there in the review. Take it how you will. Then it doesn't sound positive. I don't think it was meant to. That's ba- why the review is negative. Okay. Basically, from what I've heard and from the bit I've played, it seems about right. It's like, you know, it's fun for the first little bit. I've played it for about two hours, and it wouldn't surprise me if I don't play it for much more for than another 30 minutes. Like it's already just kind of. Say, it's one of those time killer games where you're like, well, yeah, it's, it's I'll less a time about killer it. game and more that just something that it's just straight up not good enough to hold your attention. Like I said, it's okay. I'm having some fun with it, but meh. Like I said, all I'm really trying to do is just get through my uh, get through my list of games that I haven't played, and especially since I've got a bunch of games that I want to do from. Uh, you know, presents and things like that. You know, Kenny got me Indivisible a while back, and I think he got me Dragon's Dogma and Divinity Original Sin. Yeah, that's too, yeah. Kenny's bought me a lot of games, actually. Thanks, Kenny. <laughs> that's fine. Um, but, but speaking yeah. of a. Speaking oh, and of I've also Souls like games. A bunch of mm-hmm. uh, Legends of Runeterra, you know, Riot's League of Legends card game. I still think it's one of the best, like, digital card games out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually do really like how it works. Um, and it is, it's pretty. Like, it looks really good. Um, I don't know, I just think they've done a good, a, they've done a good job of just how they've done things and how they've added things to the game. I also, it wouldn't surprise me if they manage to 
you know how most card games have a rotation, right? Like in Ranked or whatever it is, you can only play the previous two sets or whatever because cards keep getting rotated out. It mm. wouldn't surprise me if Legends of Runeterra just don't do that. Just doesn't do it. And the reason for that is I feel like they've got they've done a really good job of controlling things and keeping them um, unique. For example, each region has its own kind of thing that it does well. You know, theme that it goes after. Um, you know, Freljord, for example, has a bunch of Frostbite abilities which reduce a card's attack to zero regardless of what its previous attack was. And then it's also kind of the ramp deck that, you know, green in magic or whatever that you just gain mana fast and then put big bodies on the board. Um, yeah, for example. Yeah, like yes. each, each one has an archetype, but on top of that, each um, champion that you generally base deck ar- decks around also have a unique thing going for them. And this was noticeable. It was pretty simple at the start when the game was released, but it's become really noticeable uh each time they've done an expansion. Because each time they've done an expansion, they've added something specific for the new um, kits, which, you know, there'll be a little bit of it around the board, but it's mainly around centred around a new champion stuff. For example, in the newest update, they added Victor. And at the same time they added Victor, they added a bunch of cards around him which all have a new keyword that they added specifically for him, which is Augment, uh, which basically any card with Augment gains an attack every time you play a card that was created from one of your other cards that didn't start in your deck. So that fits his theme of being, you know, a cyborg that's building and an inventor and that kind of, right? It A, fits that theme, but my, my point is because they added a new keyword to fit with him, He's got his own niche. And as long as they keep doing something like that, I don't think they'll have to rotate out, especially since there's limitations like you can only have two different regions in a deck. So you can... They can balance in a way by, you know, effectively cutting off some combos just by spreading the cards you need in them between three different regions, right? My, my point is, because of how they've been adding stuff, it wouldn't surprise me if they get around uh, not having to do the that whole rotation. Uh, on top of that, I also think they'd be in a good place to do it because, you know, Riot has a background of League of Legends. You know, that's the big one that they've done, which is a MOBA, yeah. which is constantly, you know, it started with what? 12, 20 champions, something like that, and now it's got, I don't know, 146? I don't remember the exact number, but you get my point. It's it's a fucking huge amount. Right, and they've kept adding it and adding it, and they've never rotated champions out or gone, you know, these are too old or they're not on rotation, so you can't play them in rank this week, right? They've just kept adding more and more and more. And because they've got that 10 years of practice, you know, balancing and updating a MOBA, I think that... I don't. It, I would suspect that that would be transferable in some part to doing their card game and making sure that's not. Because 
I understand why it's necessary, and most people understand why it's necessary, but I also think a lot of people dislike that it's necessary. You know, if you've spent money on cards, that's another thing. It's really easy. I played it on and off since the beta, which I think was like the start of this year, right? Yeah, it was a while ago. But I have 90% of the cards in the game, including the recent, the most recent expansion, which was like a week ago, maybe two. It's pretty easy, if you're just playing the game fairly consistently, it's pretty easy to just collect the cards as you want. On top of that, because of um, they've got a disenchantment, a, a duplicate disenchantment system which feels more lenient than Hearthstones, you know, it's not retardedly expensive to do anything, as well as a good wildcard system as well as a good reward system just for playing. It's a combination of the reward system and the wildcard system and the dust or the enchant the shards or whatever the disenchantment's called. It's relatively easy to go you know, if even if you're starting out right from new, right from scratch, and you wanted to build a specific kind of deck, you know, to start off you know, you could go and go, all right, I want to do this kind of deck. Look for a basic deck. You know, like a budget. Uh, a a budget, beginner's deck. Beginner's deck guide, right? And you could, for free, I, I'd be pretty confident within two or three days you could have the entire deck, pretty much. Um, mm. And I think that's... Yes, the more expansions and stuff come out, the more, I guess, creep it's going to be. It's going to be harder to, for new players to get in because you're always going to end up against people with collections, but that's the fate of every collectible game in history, right? So... Yeah, it really, yes, it really comes think, down to, like, all these different... Mm. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I do think that Legends of Runeterra is... A, mechanically, one of the best digital card games out there. Um, two, it's really pretty. And C, it's I think it's one of the easiest ones to get in as a free player, which is really important for me. Yeah, like, it got to have that buy entry. That's why I think um, uh, Magic sort of went with the Magic Gathering Arena, which basically is free. You still have to pay for, like, I don't know, card rolling packs. decks and stuff. There's still that um, card guard to it. The same thing, it's the same thing why Hearthstone kind of died off, is because it's so hard to get into that game without spending money. I used to play Hearthstone for quite a bit, and, we play, and I played Magic Arena for a bit as well. Uh, I found Arena, I was it was easier for me to get a to just get a deck I wanted to play and make it work. Yeah, it wasn't optimal, but it was a functional deck. Um, with a Hearthstone and Magic comes into the same issue, because of new card packs and expansions rotating out, to stay updated with the meta, if you're playing as a free player, when a new pack comes out... You basically always need to be buying the new pack. Otherwise, you'll fall behind too far. You, yeah. 
Because only the most recent two packs in Hearthstone can be played in ranked, right? And if you're playing, you know, something with the most recent pack and then a new pack comes out and you haven't quite finished what you want for your from your old pack, if you keep going for that old pack stuff, then by the time you've completed that deck, the new pack, the next pack will be fucking out and then the one you've just finished making has been... You get what I mean? Come and obsolete. Like rotation, it just it just you always feel behind the curve, and I and Hearthstone specifically, I feel like that's why it fell off is because you just need to spend so much fucking money to be to be like in the meta. Heart, Hearthstone is a gotcha game that forces you to wail. Like, well, and I still think that feels like, and that's why Legends of Runeterra sticks out to me, is because it really feels like. And again, I th- it comes from their experience in doing League for so long, but it really feels like they're making it properly accessible for free players. Yeah, well, that's the thing of League. Like, League has got most of its popularity from like the fact that it's free. Saying that, and like it's got the optional but not required payment of like, hey, skins. Do you like this game? Do you like this character? And then you can buy skins if you want. Doesn't affect gameplay whatsoever. But as I said, like games like Magic Gathering, Hearthstone. I don't remember. Hell, even Yu-Gi-Oh to a degree. Yeah, well, no, and Yu-Gi-Oh as well. Um, I don't remember if it's a daily or weekly limit. It might be. I'm pretty sure it's weekly. Um, there's actually a hard cap on the amount of cards of wild cards and card packs you can buy with money. Is it? Yeah. There's, mm. there's like, the amount of... Effectively, what they've done is... I'm, actually, I'm not sure you can buy packs. You can just buy wild cards. So, you know, instead of buying a pack, you buy a champion wild card, and then you can redeem that for any champion in the game, any champion card in the game, right? But there's oh, a... so it's like... You, you get the you get your choice. You can effectively yeah, you can effectively just buy the specific cards you want. Um but like for example, epic cards, they if you're buying wild cards, you know, you go to the shop for to spend real money and the store has a has three epic cards has three epic wild cards in stock and they restock each week. So you physically can't spend can't buy more than three epic cards a week. So they've actually just done spending. the opposite way around. They've actually locked you out from whaling on the game. Yeah, that's kind of weird. The company is like, no, 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 don't whale, don't whale. Well, they've, they've done that specifically because they want to run it, you know, if people want to buy card packs and they're not going to completely say you can't buy card packs, you know, they're getting money and people want to do it. But they're taking a very similar approach to the one they take with League, where they earn their money off buying of people buying emotes and card backs and boards and battlefields, right? Uh, the customizable stuff. Exactly. Um, so yeah, if you're looking for a if you're looking for a card game, a digital card game to get into, I'd recommend that one. I mean, sure, I haven't played a bunch of them. I've only really played the three. I mentioned Hearthstone's, Hearthstone, Legend of Runeterra, and Magic Arena. But out of the three, I would definitely say Runeterra is the best one. 
Anyway. I haven't played much Runeterra. I'm interested in card games, but like I don't know how to build a deck to save my fucking life. Like at Me all. Neither. That's why. So it's something I got to look it's... into. Yeah, no, I'm 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 shit at deck building. The the good thing is, uh, Legends of Runeterra, you can have up to like twenty twenty four decks. And like I said, I got like ninety percent of the cards in the game, so I basically just go onto I don't even know what the website is. There's a couple of websites for Legends of Runeterra, and I basically look through it and go, huh, that because I'm not good at building decks, right? But I can see mm. how they work, so I can go and look at a deck and go, oh, I see how this all fits together, and I like the idea of that playstyle, so I'll nick the deck. Um. For example, there's a deck I'm playing at the moment a lot that I really like, which is revolves around the Vaults of Hestia, which is a landmark card that basically at the start of each of your turns, if it's if you're able to, uh, you kill the strongest unit on your own board and summon a unit from your deck that costs one more. And then, like, everything in the deck works... Um, they've either got a, a last breath, so an ability, an act, something that happens when they die, or they've mm. got an ability that's like, if a unit's died this round, when I'm summoned, if a unit's died this round, give me, give me these keywords or draw a card or something like that. So that'll automatically trigger because you've killed something at the start of your round. Um, or my favorite combination is at, and also, it's very specifically built so that um, there's three each each um, mana cost. You have one monster at that mana cost, so you will or when you have Vaults of Hester you're at, you know exactly what's going to get summoned from your deck because at level one there's three copies of this one monster. At level two there's three copies of your two cost champion. At the three mana, there's three copies of your three cost. So it's really consistent. Yeah. But my favorite one is like, um, at level, for six mana, you've got Hecarim, which is a champion card. Uh, so. And champion cards are different from the monster cards, yeah? Yeah. Well, they're basically monsters with extra effects that can be leveled up. With, to make them stronger. So okay, so they're, so you, they're essentially like super cards. They're super cards. They're super cards that you build the deck around. Um, but Vaults of Hestia don't give a shit. It kills your strongest unit. The thing is, the only seven... So Hecarim's a six-cost unit. So Vaults of Hestia, at the start of your turn, if Hecarim's the strongest unit on your board, kill Hecarim yeah. and summon a seven-cost unit from your deck. The only 7-cost unit in the deck is the Rekindler, which is a 7-cost 4-4 that resummons your strongest dead champion. So it's a free... Yeah, it's so a free Hecarim back. Exactly. And then when... And then... But the benefit of the Rekindler is the effect, right? The stat block's really weak for its cost. Um, But then when it dies, you summon your 8-cost, which is, like, the highest stat block in the deck. And it's also the last thing in the deck and because because of how it works it's not like kill a unit and then summon the next one if you can it's just it won't kill your own unit if you can't summon anything so you've got some fallback See, if there's nothing work. to summon but then the yeah, effect doesn't work my my, my point is, with that was more 
there's no way in fucking hell that I would have been able to build that deck. But as soon as I saw it, I knew exactly how it worked. Right? So I can see yeah. stuff that I know... Because I don't... There's there's no shame in fucking nicking someone else's deck. Like, that's why they put it up there. So well, other people yeah, That's how you it, figure right? out what you want. Yeah, so... <clears throat> Yeah, I suck at deck building, but I go, all right, I know, I can see how this will work, and I like the idea. Or the other way around, where I'm going, oh, these two champions and kind of cards around them feel like they'd work really well together, but I'm not really sure how to put the deck together. So I'd go looking for decks that other people have made around those two champions, because I've got the general idea, but again, I can't build an actual balanced deck. For the That's life like the problem. It's like you can't build shit, so you basically just have to work around other people's decks until you can find your own thing. Yeah, but luckily for me, I don't really care about like deck building so much. Like it'd be nice, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, whatever. I don't really care. <laughs> but yeah, so that's been your Christmas. That's been my Christmassy weeky thing. All right, so I was going to mention before, but uh, I'm going to call Alex out on this one because he's mm-hmm. the one that said it to me. So he says... Continue. And yeah. we, me and you, Jaden, can hold him, hold him to it, that once he's mm-hmm. done with the Halo series, he's going to move on to Dark Souls 1. Yeah. So we need right. me uh, and so you doing Dark need Souls to be 1 prepared. Before or after Sonic 06? Uh, I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh, You'll do it before. Shit. You already said you're doing it. You'll yeah, do it. Yeah, I, I guess I'll have to do it before. Mm. I'll do it before Sonic 06. I'll go Dark Souls and 1, Sonic 06, I am Shadow so the keen to listen to Alex bitch about that game. What, Sonic 06? Anyway. Or Dark Dead Souls. <laughs> no, Dark Souls. Well, that's the thing. It's like. Do you have what? What console did Sonic 06 come out on? Like the Xbox 360. I have no idea. Wait, only Sonic 06 because I put in like a uh, meme in our Discord before about emulation, Linux and Xbox 360. Why is it on Linux? (laughs) That's the weirdest combo. Linux and Xbox Platform. 360. What the fuck? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that's a fucking rough way of saying PlayStation Three. <laughs> it's not the PlayStation Three. It's Linux. <laughs> Get it right. I bet you there's a fucking Linux person out there. Uh, PlayStation Three is actually the best Linux machine. Uh, I remember putting. I think like the only software when. Hacking the PlayStation Look, Free started. I reckon Sonic uh, 06 would, would have would gone down. Like a- <laughs> I reckon Sonic 06 would have gone down a hell of a lot better if Princess Elise didn't look like human, human? and was instead like <laughs> this this sort of creature. That's some interspecies erotica, I tell you that much. Just, just like, <laughs> hey, look, Sonic, let's let's kiss the fucking hedgehog romantically. It's a bit rough, but yes. So yeah. Anyway, the, t- the moment you start putting name. Sonic fan art in our chat is the moment we end this podcast so I can read. That's not Sonic fan art. That's official um, that's Oh, official you can't escape art. the fan art of Sonic. <laughs> yeah. 
this, just it's because still, it's official it's still doesn't not mean as it's bad. Not <laughs> it's still oh, not as bad as the official released works. Oh, that's the uh, that's a remake of the character. Why does she look like she's from fucking like the human version? Looks like she's from um, Star Ocean. Uh, oh, that is oddly specific, and I do see it. Oh, I'll pull up some characters from Star Ocean for comparison. Can so, we yeah. just leave it? Uh, once, once, uh, <laughs> once Alex has done with the the Halo series. Moving on uh, to he's gonna Dark, Souls Dark, Souls. Dark Souls 1 and possibly even playing it at the same time. And then once I'm finished with Soma, I'll be moving on to Final Fantasy X. And then once Jaden is finished with Code Vein, he can move on to another of his choice. Super Liminal. Oh, that's right. That's, yes, yeah, yeah perspective that's, that's game. Right. Yeah. Abstract puzzle oh. games sound like right up my alley. I mean, I fucking loved Portal. Right. I would honestly run Portal for the channel, um, but it's been it's one of those games. It's a puzzle game, so it's not really good to replay. But at the same token, on the same on the flip side, it's been so long since I've actually played it that I don't remember any of the puzzles. It's been it's been legally distinct enough that you can play it for the first time again. Exactly. <laughs> it's just enough time that's that's there's just enough time that's passed for you to not remember so you could play it for the first time. Yeah. Though I mean I could just find another puzzle game that seems like fun. Like uh what's it called? What's it called? Um Oh no The Talos Principle <laughs> seems really cool. I've seen a lot of the Talos Principle, but seen zero gameplay. Just the um, the banner for the game of the um, robot patting the kitty. That's it. Well, I've I've played the demo. It's it's a puzzle game. It is a puzzle game. It feels kind of in a similar vein to Portal. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like what you would say if like you can't find of anything positive. I've played like, it. It, it is, is a puzzle, puzzle game. game. No, it's just because it's, it's certainly a puzzle it's, it's game. That's for ha- sure. It's, it's like been when, um, so long since I. It's like when it. you see actors who have starred in something fucking god awful, but still have to say something positive about the series or movie they've done. <laughs> they always go, "I'm excited." I'm excited, all right? It's always I'm excited, and whenever you hear "I'm excited," it's straight up like, "Oh man," it's distinct enough to be like. I'm excited. I don't have any preconceptions yet. I want to see how it goes. And then when, you know, the NDA is done, I can say how fucking much I hated this. Like you see um, Emily Clark with the Game of Thrones thing. It's like, what? What if you could say something about, you know, Game of Thrones, what would the season finale, what would it be? And then just like, Best season ever! <laughs> like there's the there's the there's the um the very blatantly the, forcing it the vow gymnastics of like I have to say them this. holding back like oh my fucking god like don't talk to me and then them going and then remembering they ha- on the they signed on the dotted line to say it's the best season ever it's like best season ever you can see the cringe. Like, yeah, I, if you were in the room, you could probably feel the cringe of how much she hated it. But, oh, yeah. Remember Game of Thrones? How that just f- 
fucking died after Look, the last I, season. Like, no one's talking about Look, it people ever. People were talking about it for, for a decade, and then a month after it finished, it, it wasn't. Um, that was because, it. Like, there's yeah, no more. Yeah, it was sabotaged in a way. Actually, not in a way. I'm just going to say it was sabotaged. They had an eight-episode last season when they were offered, like, they, they said you can let this go out for like two more twelve episode seasons, and they're like, "No, we'll just finish it now." Because the the directors just didn't uh, produce it. I don't remember the brothers that were in charge just didn't want to do it anymore. They wanted to move on to something else. Um, mm. So yes, I am actually going to say that sabotage because they rushed the ending on purpose um, because they didn't want to do it. We don't like uh, this. We just want to get over with. But I'm going to hands down say that is the biggest failure in media history, period. You held the entire that's, that's world. That's a hell of a fucking claim. You held the entire world on this fucking series for a decade, and you lost everyone's interest within a month of it finishing. Well, it yeah. finished. Like, what, do you, yeah, what the fuck do like, you think is going to happen to One Piece? One Piece is going to finish, and then no one's ever going to hear anything about it ever again. Incorrect. And I cannot wait for that incorrect. day. I kind of got the feeling One Piece is, like, even though they said, like, we have an ending, here's the final, like, the person behind it is like, we, we're so confident on this ending, here's the final panel to the One Piece series. Like, just a small panel of, like, something. No, I'm... If I had the feeling that they're going to get so afraid of getting to that ending and how the, they feel the like the whole Mass the Effect thing, made along the way. they're just going to keep the series going. They don't want it to end because they don't want to hit that unsatisfactory level of ending that they fear. And it's going to keep going and keep going until it just gets forgotten and then they're going to drop the ending and people are going to be like, oh, yeah. Okay, and that's it. See, I don't think so because they've given a rough time frame and people get shitty if it goes too far over that. But no, I actually think you're flat out wrong saying that because you need to remember that there's been a bunch of other stuff. For example, Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z. People talked about 20 years. Yeah, it ended. And even, and people talked about it. Like, I don't know when it ended, but you you get my point. People kept talking about it. People were still fucking talking about Dragon Ball and doing all that. Because Dragon Ball ended it ended well. It had a good That's ending. That's my point. That's why I said Game of Thrones was the biggest media failure. And I'm actually going to say it, it might not be the single biggest failure in history, but it's pretty fucking close. Because oh, it absolutely it is. It's definitely world, on the list. Until I see something else that tops it, I am actually going to say it's the biggest failure. You lost 10 years, about about 10 years of build-up in interest in a month. That's that's a pretty cosmic fail. Right. Like, that is a, that is a fucking colossal failure. I have an idea. Right, so, so yeah, quickly. it's a hot take to say it's the top thing, but thinking about it, it's not actually that ridiculous. I'd, there's nothing that comes to mind that's a bigger failure immediately than Game of Thrones, because Game of Thrones is what we're talking about. But I wouldn't say it's the number one, but I'd definitely say it's easily top ten, maybe top five. I'm straight up going to say it's top one until you actually give me something that tops it. 
Fuck. Do you know what's been talked about in the last, like, month of Game of Thrones? What? what? The Game of Thrones video game tycoon dies in suspected poisoning. <laughs> oh, wait, I remember that. They did, like, a shitty Game of Thrones knockoff game, and they were the people in charge of that, and they were, like, killed off a suspected poisoning. It's, like, such a weird article to come out. It's like, what? He How? died on Christmas what? Day. <laughs> eight days after he was taken to hospital with acute symptoms of illness. The Game of Thrones Winter is Coming strategy game was meant to... was of a forthcoming Netflix adaptation of the science fiction hit The Free Body... What? What? Because... You sure you're looking at the right stuff? The thing, yeah. The thing is, everything else... Alex, I don't think anything else matches that level of fuck up. Even when you th- have things like, you know, sure, there's like a bunch of anime. For, for example, Tokyo Ghoul season one. For, I haven't seen it, but from what I've heard, season one is awesome, and season two, people try to pretend it doesn't exist. Wasn't it meant to be like some sort of like spin off? Yeah, like, like Darker Than Black. Season one is amazing. Season two doesn't exist. Exactly. So it's the same kind of fuck up, right? Except the difference is the scale. It's simply the scale. Because So what 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 you're saying Game is of- the mainstream audience now finally feels what anime fans feel. <laughs> yeah, apparently there's meant to be a Game of Thrones Netflix series coming soon. Yeah, they're they working on But it's on been like- put on hold after the poisoning. Yeah. Because they were working on, like, a Game of Thrones prequel series about, like, the origins of the first Targaryens or something like that. I haven't watched Game of I, Thrones. Uh, there's so no, there's nothing in Game of Thrones that interests me in the fucking sliders. That's the point, right? They've been working on a prequel series that no one gives a shit about anymore. No one should have ever given a shit about Game of Thrones. Well, no, Game like, of Thrones was... No, Game of Thrones There's was good. There's a reason. Game of Thrones until, was, I, until I, I it wasn't. I watched halfway through the first episode, and I'm like, fuck this for a joke. This show is shit. Then you're I, an idiot? Like, yeah. Well, no, no, he just didn't, didn't like it's it. not to his tastes. But if you're giving yeah. 20 minutes to a show and went this entire I thing I gave sunk. half an hour to a show. That's half of one episode. Yeah, I said I watched half the first episode. I'm like, there is nothing in here that grabs me. Nothing is happening. It's just people fucking talking and fucking. People fucking and talking. Talking and fucking. That's it. This, this is, if I wanted this, I'd just go watch porn. Look, I, there is Alex, nothing I get here. that you're going, yeah, you know, not to my tastes. But the reason why I call you an idiot in situations like that is because you don't say, this isn't to my taste. This is, I watched half of one episode and decided the entire show was shit. Well, the, the, the first episode is what's got to grab me, and it didn't grab me. There was nothing there to grab. Yeah, that's what the pilots are meant to attract interest. I love a fucking month to watch dollar store pornography. No, no, no. You're, you're missing my point. I call you an idiot because you frame things objectively that should be subjective, right? No. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Sometimes yes, but not all the time. In well, this, this is one this of those is one times, of the yes. times, Alex. <laughs> it's fucking, you cannot tell me that in the first half hour of the first episode, that was that was the seller. That that there just fucking d- was it. 
No, it, it intrigued me enough. It wasn't like, ooh, this is fucking fantastic. It's more like, I'm interested in seeing where this goes. Where this goes. Yeah, but... And I was okay, rewarded two, two until things, I wasn't. Two things. One, I can't actually answer that question because I haven't seen the show. Two, you can't really have an argument when you flat out stated you're so much of a fucking weeb that you can't watch live action things anymore. Ah, uh, yes. I can have an argument and <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm that much of a weeb. It's just your argument would be I, shit. No, I, I can't. I, I try to watch live. The last live action thing I watched was last already, year where I watched the BBC's The Three Musketeers. My point is you're already pre-biased against it. And then you watch almost the very minimum required. I'm not pre-biased against it. I wanted to get into Game of Thrones. Like back in high school, all of my friends were going, oh, you should watch Game of Thrones. You should watch Game of Thrones. It's fucking amazing. And I'm like, all right, I'll I'll give it a shot. I'll, I'll fucking I'll give it a crack. I and acquired this is you, the first episode. Yeah, and then this is where you go, okay, I didn't like it. Not, okay, this entire show is shit. Again, I think, it's an objective versus subjective thing, and you take your opinion and present it as a fact. All the yeah, fucking that, time. That's what everyone does. Even everyone you. does unintentionally. As I said, like... My hot take, which I said before, is I, I, I fucking don't understand how people who are not a children fucking love Nintendo first-party games because majority of those series is made for kids. The o- the only Nintendo first-party game that I like is Fire Emblem. for kids specifically, but I'd say more... <laughs> well, yes, kids and more casual gamers. Like, we can't claim that we're casual in any sense. We play way too many fucking games, right? So I have 800 hours on a single game. I have multiple games that have over that much. I am not casual. Mate, you don't understand. Where's that fucking copy pasta? Uh, <laughs> sure, yes, that copy pasta. Copy pasta. One second, I have it. I, I put it in earlier. I've got it here. The, the voice acted one? Like the video? No, I just got the sun. I'm so sick no, of all these people that though no, pay they're, no, they're their gamers. Dear old women, Pokemon <laughs> is not a real game. Animal Crossing is not a real game. The Sims is not a real game. Mario is not a real game. Start if you guys are not a game. Mobile games are not real games. Put down the baby games and play something that requires challenge or skill for once. Sincerely, all of the no, okay. actual what, gamers. What, what was the quote? Pick up a PS4 controller and then we can be friends. Yeah, come talk to me when you pick up a PS4 controller and be friends. I mean, PS4 controllers are quite comfortable. Have you held one in your hands before? They sit there yeah. quite nicely. Some people like it's the Xbox. Very, I prefer yeah, the PS4 good. controller. Yeah. PS4 controllers yeah, are very ergonomic. All, I prefer mouse and keyboard, but actually, <laughs> actually, actually, I prefer mouse and keyboard. That's the rough part. But yes, fucking... You're not a real gamer. Yes. Anyway, yeah. I've, yeah. Not a, we've, been, yeah. we've been at this for quite some time. I think we need to wrap it up. <laughs> but if you want to find a three-hour fucking movie and game podcast, it's it's just a no. You're not a gamer. Copy pasta uh, by Alex Lee is the channel name. Low effort gaming <laughs> copy pasta. I recorded in one take because it was one thirty a.m. This man works like us. <laughs> 
There's an actual Reddit for copypasta. Of course there is. <laughs> Should I just have yeah, that as a sense. podcast title? Dear all women, Mario's not a real game. <laughs> Nintendo's not a real game. It can't hurt you. <laughs> You're just trying to clickbait every, everything. I mean, fair yeah. enough. That's, that's fair. And then they have to go through three hours of us talking shit to get the real juicy part they were interested in. Uh, it's, it's, it's at the very end. Nintendo's not a real gamer. Is Nintendo's, <laughs> Nintendo's not a real, not a game real or gamer or gamer? Fuck Nintendo, honestly. Nintendo didn't go fuck themselves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they've, they've, so, yeah, like I said, like the, the only first party Nintendo thing that's been anywhere near good is Fire Emblem. But the Smash Bros. fans will tell you it's shit. There's some, there's, uh, there's like two Fire Emblem games I like. The rest of the series I'm not a fan of. And like the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is like the only Zelda game I enjoyed. I I couldn't get into that. I tried and I just I just couldn't get into it. The rest is like Metroid. It's like I wasn't even a fan of Castlevania. And then Metroid's like a worse of Castlevania. And then you have like <laughs> and then you've got like Fight the, Emblem, the which yeah, they like Free Houses actually differentiated itself from the rest of the series, but then you have like the rest of the series, which is the same. Yeah. And then you got Mario, Every- which is the same fucking <laughs> shit over and over. And then you've got fucking yeah. What a, what what's the Nintendo's every first fire, party? Every Fire Emblem game before Fire Emblem Three Houses was exactly the same Fire Emblem game. That's Just with a different coat of paint. Anyway, so we call it there. We just cracked three hours. Yeah. Yes, we'll call it there. Oh, wow, fuck me. There's so many other Nintendo first parties. Oh. Yeah. Nintendo's not a real gamer. He can't hurt you. Yeah, Nintendo's just not... <laughs> Puzzle League, <laughs> Kirby. Kirby sucks dick. Nintendo. F-Zero. That's fine. Bayonetta's not, Bayonetta's not a Nintendo first party. Go fuck yourself. Platinum, Platinum Games is a third-party studio. They don't get to own their own games. They just work on them and pitch ideas. Nintendo only bankrolled the second game and has been trying to bank or has been unsuccessfully bankrolling the third game for the past eight years. <laughs> oh, well. All right. We'll catch you guys later. We'll see you guys right. next year. Or maybe when this podcast comes out, it will be next year. Well, hopefully if you fucking upload tonight, be